Before we start tonight's podcast, there has recently been a few tragedies within the motocross community, and we would just like to say that uh, and send our condolences to the families and our and the friends associated with with those. Oh, that's money right there. Yeah, because if you start talking, then you go like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get my radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Up next is Cinnamon. Up next. (laughs) Case Guy, 95.9, That's pretty good. (laughs) For the 17th time, Ozzy Osbourne. Fucking Case Guy. Yeah. (laughs) I'll delete this, episode 10. Because that's uh, sick. One of the hardest things when you're talking, and then you try to look at someone, and then it goes away, and then it comes back. You know, oh, so yeah. Uh, you want to pick an intro song? Yeah. Also, Alex, I what do, do you do. think of our studio in here? I love it. <laughs> you do? <laughs> it's so awesome. Damn! <laughs> I'm glad Tread you like lightly. it. Tread lightly with your uh, intro song. No, yeah. Um, intro song. Yeah. Do you want to pick? Yeah. Okay. What do you want? MGK. Love race. Mm. I like that one. Well, if Alex that likes one slaps. it. If, <laughs> if Alex likes it, we might be in trouble. <laughs> All right, I've been, been in uh, MGK MGK mode for the past couple of months, and uh, same since he came out with a new right? album. Honestly, it's just it's it's awesome. Say it's it again. Love what? Love race. Love race. How much of it do I have to play? All of it. The whole thing. You don't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we can. However, <laughs> however much you want, man. Okay. I don't care. Um, time out. All right. Back to freaking business. MGK Love Race. The whole thing. I mean, yeah. It's <laughs> 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 three minutes, Gage. I found a silver ring. And put it on my finger I picked up my guitar And played it for the reaper God was a girl The devil wore a t-shirt Love is a game And they were kissing in the bleachers I don't want to be without you But I'm here Screaming by myself I'm on the minutes left. You're never gonna keep her. All right, that's, that's good. Please we had it up. I, I, you got the idea. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to episode 10, Flat Tire it. Factory Podcast, Um, courtesy of Logan Austin Ford. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> Thank you. We are in the MX Connection Studio, sponsored by Perfect Structure for GMX Indoor Motocross, Rapid Concrete Solutions, boys. Raise it, Raise it don't Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty enthusiastic out of the boys. <laughs> They're like, raise it, don't replace it. <laughs> yeah. Specialize in concrete lifting, polyurethane foam. They offer complete concrete lifting, concrete repair, void filling, soil stabilization. You can call 605 381 1597. 
for your free consultation or rapidconcretesolution.com. Deadwood All In just got done with the Deadwood show. Pretty gnarly. Did you guys go? Everybody go? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was not there. Okay. I was in the Thunder Valley. Oh. From oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty that cool. Was, that was badass. Any backflips in Thunder Valley? No. Just a lot of dirt flying, a lot of expensive dirt bikes. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was so cool, though. Static Collective, creating apparel to be static at times. You can find them at staticcollective.com, Facebook and Instagram, Static Collective, Precision Excavation, New Housing, New Builds Foundation, and Sewer. That's Luke at 605 786 2183. Black Hills Landscape, Custom and Commercial Residential Landscape, 381. 2876. That's Chris. Welcome to episode 10. Um, Mike Neal's not here today. So, Alex McPherson. I'm filling in for the pyro. You've uh, you've kind of been our go-to fill-in. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I love doing these podcasts. It's fun. Rumor on the street is, though, you almost forgot about it. I did. Um, the past Sunday, Chris reached out to me and, and asked if I would fill in for Mike. and I happily agreed to it. Um, but today, on my day off, I went to Pactola because it was 100 degrees today. And luckily, Gage Molman called me at the perfect time or I completely forgot about the thing. But I'm here, um, still in my board shorts, but it's all good. We're here. I thought you had a weird outfit on when I got in here. It is weird. I'm like, sweatshirt and swim trunks. It's weird. And Crocs? Did I see? No, nope. dudes. dudes. Okay. Yeah, dudes. <laughs> Dusty Gardner, welcome to episode 10. I'm back again. Gage Molman, how you doing, Gage? Doing good, good. Did you get the air compressor off today? Yeah, it's turned off. You the man. <laughs> and our guest today, Logan Austin Fort. Thank you for having me. How you doing, Logan? I'm doing great. Logan, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, man. Um, you put him on blast right out of the gate, yeah, Chris. That was wow. tough. You know, it's like, hey, Logan, how you doing? Good. What's your pet peeve? <laughs> have you ever listened to an episode of ours, Logan? Yes, I have. I do that to everyone. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, pet peeve when someone has body odor. Oh, so I haven't like heard that one yet. Maybe you're eating in a restaurant, maybe someone walks by with body odor, and you're like, Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible! You need to take a shower and you need to use deodorant or, or something, man. You just got to get rid of that. Man. <laughs> it, it just It just gets me fired up. Like, I like, how do you know you don't, how do you not notice that you don't have, you know what I mean? Like, oh, when you go do. to a restaurant, you're like, I don't think I have BO when it's that bad, when you can yeah, smell it. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, if you're you're coming in, maybe from, like, a workout or a activity outside, like, oh, like, people sweat, I get it. People people stink, I get it. <laughs> but in a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man, like. Yeah, so at so the track. Got to get it under control. Like at the track, you're like, okay, well, it's just part of. The- oh yeah, I mean, oh, you don't want to come near me at the track. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, stinking. I'm stinking. I'm stinking. Yeah, but uh, in public, man, that that's a pet peeve for sure. That's, that's a pretty a good, good one. one. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. Today we'll go over gear review. Today we're gonna do gear sets. Uh, outdoor. We're gonna do Bowman. Uh, Gage's tech tip. Logan's background. Static collective tire poppers. And what did we learn? So let's start with Gage. Gage, what kind of gear is your favorite? Right now, I'd probably say Troy Lee. Um, I've had a lot of good luck with Troy Lee designs. I, I'll have to admit their older stuff was a little more hardy, a little more durable. Um, but the new stuff is still really good. I've, I've had good luck with that stuff. Uh, Logan, gear. 
I've been a Troy Lee guy the past couple of years. Um, I just like their colors. They have a good fit. I found my right size in it. Um, I also like I'll order like a couple of set of sets of pants, maybe like a red set and a black set, and then maybe a white jersey and a black jersey. You can you can just combine them. You can cross the jerseys and pants. Yeah. So maybe so say if you have like two pants and two jerseys, you, re, you really have sh- four sets of gear. Oh yeah. wow, well, eco. Yeah. Another thing yeah. with Troy Lee is it's actually fit for like full size guys. You know, some of the gear sets are meant for high school that trim. Mm-hmm. Like, why was he pointing at you, Alex? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you got some weird fantasies <laughs> going no, on. I mean, like a lot of the gear sets, and a lot of other companies are built for high school kids that are, you know, string beans. They're, you know, where Troy Lee's built more for full size guys. Yeah, I've never bought Troy Lee. Do they have like different levels of gear? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They have their, I mean higher quality materials, I guess. And they also, I really, I really like their uh, jersey printing too. Yeah. Um, on the back. Um, that's that's one of the coolest things sweet. about Troy You can Lee on basically that. get the same stuff as like Sealy does on the back of his yeah. yep. jersey and all that stuff. Do so. the pre-prints on there. Mm-hmm. Troy Lee has some really cool designs too. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few gear companies that actually is creative still with their gear. Sometimes they get a little weird like that. Yeah, they get, polka dot was they get a little <laughs> wild sometimes. The jockey jersey, that was awesome. Yeah. That, that was, was cool. That was cool. Did you see the the picture of the gear they came out with? I think it was for, for Lake, Bar Show. For Lakeland. Oh <laughs> Bar my show. god. What yes. it says if you like turn oh, it said anal on it. It said anal. Yeah. 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 Even they even they well, one of the pro one. riders yeah. like yeah. posted that. Too. They're all wearing them the first moto too. Like, <laughs> dude, Marcia, that's the Moseman, um, whoever else. Uh, Pier, that's the Pier problem Brown. with the internet. Like, how many people at Troy Lee looked at that before they gave it to him? Right. And then like three dudes on the internet are like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's his anal on it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dusty gear. Uh, I have to do seven just because you kind of mix match them, and then you can do the compression stuff. So I have long arms. There's no gear sets out there for my long ass arms. I don't so, do you get the compression, uh, like shirt, and then get different vest, or do you? Yeah, that, and then I'll I'll even do like the normal jerseys with compressions underneath. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like a tighter fit, but stretchy. Yeah, no I, restrictions. That kind of goes with what Gage was saying, because there's a lot of gear companies out there where like you're 32. Your, your pant size 32, it fits almost just right, but a little snug. But yeah. then you go to 34, and you're yeah. floating in those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what um, the seven ones are called, but, like, the the kind. They have, like, rival and yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but the entire pant is stretchy. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them, like, just sections of it are, like, where your knee pads are and shit. But, like, the entire pant is stretchy. I think those ones are the rival. Is it rival? So. Dude, they're killer. See, when Seven first came out, or was coming on strong, remember when Thor did that, where it was the, the really tight, stretchy jersey and the pants that were like yoga, yeah, you know, yoga pant material? And then that was pretty much the same thing as what you just said. Those were awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, they feel so good. They're really yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, one thing for me <clears throat> with gear, I... I for me personally, I kind of like the canvas material a little bit better because I think it protects you a little bit more. As far as comfort-wise, and heat is probably not as good. But I'm looking at if I crash, I want a little more protection. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff is almost like pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's thin. You go down, and it's, like, not going to 
Gage, you gotta look good to ride good, though. <laughs> like, where? What do you sacrifice? Well, sometimes I'm riding for the fall, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you don't look good enough. <laughs> look good, feel good, ride good. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. What yeah, look good to ride good. Yeah. I mean, I had that one set at Reliance, and they had that that new step up that they built right after that roller section. Yeah, and uh, I misjudged it, came up a little short. And I went down, and I had two guys run me over, and uh, my pants actually protected me pretty well. They that was about the last of the them, but some of that stuff's super comfortable. But man, when you go down, I I just want protection. Right. If I'd, you I'd sacrifice if you them. wear the seven gear, you're the dude running over. Yeah. The dude on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Alex gear. I am wearing answer gear. Oh yeah. As of now, that's good stuff too. That's Answer's good. good. Stuff. Yeah. They're one of the companies that has the, you wear a 32 and it's a little bit snug, but it fits, you know, okay. But you go to the 34 and it's way too big. It's huge. But same thing, like their higher level uh, gear, you know, one of their higher models, it, it's the stretchy neoprene stuff, whatever it's called. So that's, that's why I like it. Yeah, that stuff's nice. Mm -hmm. They got good colors too. Yeah. Answer has some cool stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think I've paid full price for a set of gear yet. No? No, I always buy it on discount. Mm. I buy seven gear. And oh, I, I thought you were going to say you're all, all sponsored. And yeah. No, huh? I thought it was going <laughs> No, absolutely not. Paid full price, no. bro. Um, Gage won't carry seven gear because it's not durable enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to order it. But yeah, I have not paid full price for one. Yeah. When I used to be able to get seven gear when they were going through Troy Lee. Oh, yeah. They, they were tied up when they first started, but then when they separated... I wasn't able to get it anymore, so. I've had some other stuff, too, like Fast House. Fast House has good stuff. It's like what Gage was saying, though. It's kind of built for, not like high school kids, but it's built for, like, athletic fit. Right. Everything's tight. Yeah. Have you seen how expensive some of the new Fox gear is getting? Yeah. Or the Shift? The Flex Air stuff? Like the red label or blue label? Or that that limited edition stuff? Yeah. It's like $500 for a paint (laughs) and jersey setup. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like for what? Right, exactly. Well, I don't care how expensive it is. You catch it on a foot peg or you go down, it's going to tear the same as everything else. It's material. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That fox gear that uh, Roxon's been wearing lately, that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got the white chest. He's always kidded. Yeah, he is, man. Dude, he is. Seriously got the best looking style. Like every weekend is just like, yeah. Damn. Yep. I've never had Fox, but I feel like that's how they're built too. Stretchy? Athlet- yeah. No athletic fit. Oh, yeah, totally. For sm- small dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their boots are. I like the fact that Fox, their boots go with 90% of their gear sets, though. Yep. That well, It looks really cool when you have like an orange set of gear and then you can rock the orange and black boots. Like that just, it looks good. And it's not really applicable to us common folk. No. You know, pop $500 on boots for every gear set you have. Not me either. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, like, you see it and it looks badass. That it does. Dude, his all red kits. I'm just like, how how is he not going to win today? <laughs> yeah. Like, he, Jesus. And the old Fox stuff, it was Carmichael. And so a lot of their stuff was really short. Right. And their old 360 and yeah. know, their old, old style stuff. I misremember. I got a set in. Man, their pants was basically 
out of my boots, you know. Yeah. They were just so short, couldn't hardly wear them. Yeah. I remember their 180. Their 180 gear was tight, you know, fit for, like, the, the athletic guy. And then their 360 kit, it was big, you know, bigger and bagger, baggier. For knee braces. and Right. Yeah. But 360 was, like, double the cost of 180. Yeah. I well, it's, du- it's double. Well, yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying. 180 like, times two. You could get some <laughs> the 180. Everything's kids. double. <laughs> <laughs> Who went to Bowman? I went. Dusty went. Gage hates motocross now, so he didn't go. <laughs> no, I, I didn't go because uh, Ezra's crash, and I was planning on going up and racing, but with Ezra not going up, I thought, you know, we got so much stuff going on around here. I'm super busy, and... You know, haven't really been riding or training, so. How is Ezra doing? Good. He broke his uh, L1 and his lungs and everything, but. Doing better? Yeah, he's working. He's he's doing really good. Um, he's sore a lot, but, yeah, he's getting along good. Did he sell all his shit? He did sell his YZ. It's 250? Yep. Oh. He's got his 500 left. Is he selling that or is he keeping it? He's keeping it. <clears throat> he was debating on what one to get rid of, and the only thing I said is, you know, that 500 is going to be hard to find that good of one again, where 250s, they're still making them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of them out there. So yeah. and he kind of took that in consideration, and so he traded. He actually traded it for a Ninja 650. Oh, that's pretty cool. So he's got a street bike now, give him something to do. All these kids are telling me that's how you go fast is you got to <clears throat> buy a two-stroke and it makes you work so much harder. Apparently. So then when you get on a 450, you're going fast. Yeah, let's look at Troy Berry. Troy Berry has a four-stroke now. He got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I think he bought that just for the nostalgia of it because he bought an older one. Yeah, no six. Yep. That is so clean. Yeah, it's a clean seen Dude, I thought it, when he went clean. by, I thought it was a new bike. Me too. When I saw him in Gillette, yeah. I stopped and talked to him. I'm like, holy cow. He's like, yeah. Guy hardly ever rode it. Yeah, you can tell. Got the hell of a deal. Yeah. He showed me pictures, but I haven't seen him in person yet. But he was in today, and I talked to him a little bit about it. Yeah, he doesn't even want to ride two strokes anymore. No, he does. <laughs> <laughs> if you can go fast on a two-stroke, the four-stroke transfer, you know, transfer into that is a lot easier than going backwards. You know, going from four-stroke to two-stroke is a little harder. Logan, yeah. have you ever had a two-stroke, like 125 or My 250 two-stroke? last two-stroke was an 2009 KTM 85. and Little bikes. The day I got off of that onto a 154-stroke, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I'm not a two-stroke um, type of rider, I feel like. I, don't know, I feel like the four-strokes are a little bit, a lot easier to ride. Um, you, you can get a light away with a lot of stuff. Just the rideability on tracks for me is um, kind of what does it. But I, I never really was a, a two-stroke guy. I think they're cool. Um, yeah. I would If I had the chance to do a project bike, that would be awesome as, as a two-stroke. But, right. I mean, other than that, I wouldn't – maybe as a free ride bike, they would be fun, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't race one. No. I'd feel way sketchy racing one. Yeah, I know what you mean. What would your project bike be? You know, your dream bike, an O three, O four, O five CR, two fifty yeah. stroke. Yeah, those Hondas are. Would be pretty cool. Pretty badass. Yeah. Did you ride two strokes, Alex? I had a two stroke for a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
bought it from uh, Troy Finn. It was he hardly wrote it. Um, and then I actually ended up blowing it up. Sand got through my filter one day in Crawford, so that it blew it up. Um, and then after that, I just wanted to go back to a four stroke. Yeah, I was tired of it. Too much work. They are a lot of work. When you rode TM two strokes for a little while too. Yeah, like little bikes and yeah, stuff. Bikes, yeah. I think the last one was uh, like their super mini, whatever motor that had in it. But it was the big wheel, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing we should bring up is uh, we had a couple guys qualify for Laredes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, big props to those guys. I just saw that on Facebook. Travis and Max, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yeah. Max was one of them. Max yep. Mikowski made it. Yep, those Loretta Lynn regions like are, are no joke. Yeah, no. Max is... Mikowski's been in this a long time. They're good people. I like yeah. those guys. Travis Casson's right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Travis Casson made it, and he made it in the B class too. Doesn't surprise me. He's quick. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a big deal to make it in B class. That's a huge That's deal. That's huge. I mean, in B. guys sign pro contracts out of the B class. And not taking anything away yeah. from Max, making it to Loretta's is huge in itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, any, in yeah. itself. But I mean, you go to the. I mean, you go from C to B, and it. it like Logan just said, people sign pro contracts out of mm-hmm. the B class. Cooper Webb went straight to the pro ranks out of the B class in Loretta's. Like people who it's gnarly. The B class and A class at Loretta Lens are are very 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 close mm-hmm. in lap times. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how. Explain the whole thing to me. How do you even get to Loretta's? So you start at an area qualifier, and they take a, a certain number of people out of every area qualifier, and they usually take like you top to, eight. Top yeah. Nine so what's the closest like one to us? Uh, they used to do one in Billings. I'm not sure if they do anymore. Mm-hmm. They do? Yep. And does that that must still take you to Washougal? I think so, yep. Okay. And then I think the next closest, does Rock Springs still do one? Um, Man, I haven't looked this year. Rock Springs, I think, used to have an area. But then the next one is Little Falls, Minnesota. That'll and that one and that one takes you to Millville, which is cool. Yeah. Um. But that's how it works. You go to an area qualifier, and then you, if you qualify to that, you go to a regional qualifier. The regional is a three-moto format, not a two-moto. Um, and if you if you qualify out of the regional, you're going to Loretta's. Depending on the region, sometimes you only take four or five out of the Regions regional. up here, like Minnesota was probably top four or five. Washougal was probably top four or five. But you get down south to, like, Texas, I mean, California, they'll take six – yeah. Seven, well, and that's when there. people go crazy with it. So people, when when we were going hard at it, we had multiple family friends that would do four or five different areas to go to three or four different regionals. And those were all basically just a contingency plan. So if they went oh, to Millville, yeah. had a bike blow up, had something happen, he crashed, they could still hit the road and make it to Washougal in two weeks and still qualify out. Mm. It is insane Yeah, they, how serious it's taken. Yeah. So then you get to Loretta's. Yeah. So then that's just a race? It's a three moto race, three moto format race. It's not just a race. It's, a fi- it's the it's biggest like a five amateur day race. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can go to regionals in many classes that you qualify for. But get, they're you capped, can only, you capped can only, at two now. Yeah. They? But you can only go two to right, yeah. Loretta's. Yeah. You can only take two of them. So they'll enter as many classes as they can in that area. And then how many they qualify for regional, they'll go to regional. Then into Loretta's, they only take, you can only qualify in two classes. Sounds stressful. So it's pretty, pretty prestigious. So then you, you race at Loretta's and hope someone's watching. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, that's really the the ticket of it. And even if they're not, I mean, just saying that you made it to Loretta yeah. Lynn's isn't is a huge. I mean, it's the biggest amateur national race in the world. Depends on what your what your goals are. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna go there and you know you can be like a top five dude, then yeah, you're gonna go try to perform for people. But I mean, for guys like us, like Alex, mm-hmm. like me back in the day, if I would if I just made it there, like it would have been something to like hang your hat on for your career wise. Like yeah. it's a huge deal. Basically top forty in the nation, pretty much top forty in the world. And that doesn't matter if you're whatever sixty five, eighty five if you're in two fifty C or two fifty A. You're one of the top forty fastest riders in that class yeah. in the world. Is that any of your guys' goals? I made that? it. Did you? I made it in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah, that's pretty badass. I tried on uh, 65s, 85s. Uh, went to the Washougal Regional on a 65, and they took top four to the re- or to Loretta's. I ended up fifth overall. Oh, yeah. piss. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty bummer of a moment. We could have gone down as an alternate, but, I mean, South Dakota to Tennessee is, I don't know how many hours. You're not guaranteed. Yep. I could have practiced, but, I mean, and just not gar- being guaranteed to race down there and driving all that way. And yeah. It's a lot of money to go down there, too, and um, we just decided to sit her out. So Yeah. How'd you do? I got smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what he, what what place I got. I think it was mid twenties overall, but um, still, just that in itself, like just making right. it there, mm-hmm. that was, that was huge. So, hmm. quite a process. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like Gage, we had Gage build a bike from the ground up for mm-hmm. that for Loretta's, just so it was one hundred percent ready to go. Like, took it down to the frame. We had frame powder coated. And then Gage actually shut shut his, closed his shop for two days. Yeah. He closed his shop just to build that bike. Hmm. It's it's, it's pretty unreal. I mean, you pull in, and the, the kids that have, you know, help from teams and sponsors already, like, the HRC rig will be there. The factory Kawasaki rig will be there. Dunlop, Bridgestone, they're all there. It's the <coughs> same thing as a pro race, but for however many people, you know, make it to Loretta's. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty crazy, too, like, how much, I guess, pressure is on those amateur kids to to perform at that one race. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's kind of messed up how it all boils down to one race, mm-hmm. kind of from, from an industry perspective, too. Yeah. Like, if they don't do good at that race, like, they're, kind of a no one in the factory team's eyes yeah whereas i, th- I think i was listening to a podcast with colt nichols on gypsy gypsy tales you should check that one out that was pretty good but he's just he was never a loretta's guy um never really did quite well at loretta's and yeah. like looking back he's like giving advice to other amateurs like loretta's isn't like everything like it was when yeah. i was going through that's the mindset i had and i mean so they were talking about that on Pult today. Um, Cole Seeley's one. I think he made it to Loretta's one time and got his ass kicked. Yeah. And Cooper Webb's one. Yeah. I think he did B class and Loretta's nothing special. Well, and Dungey got pulled from the B class to go with Roger DeCoster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, right out of Loretta's. So yeah. after his one, one championship, and then you look at guys like AC who have like ten, yeah, or like Stewart. They or, went from fifties to two fifty B. Yeah, and they won basically every year. Yeah, it's crazy how that works. But, but yeah, so Justin Bogle and Colt Nichols, they've ridden together and raced against each other since they were kids, mm-hmm. and the year that Bogle won all six motos in whatever classes that was, that's when he got hired on with factory Honda. And then the same the same year, that's when Colt Nichols, or yeah, Justin Bogle got hired on with factory Honda, and then Colt Nichols didn't get a ride at all. So he was privateer. Mm-hmm, basically. And then he, yeah, that, that podcast on Chips Tales is really sweet. He just tells a story, but he just grinded it out. He went and did some, like, series in uh, Guatemala or something just to get yeah. by, and he was just, like, living at uh, the Reynard training complex yeah. and he like gave him a bike was riding other people's bikes and then next thing you know he's um what was it east coast west coast was it east or west what did Nichols win this year for supercross um who went second west went second i think west he was though. east wasn't he yeah one of the championships though that's yeah it's a really craig. cool story yeah because him and craig yeah 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 and craig got hurt is he racing outdoors? Craig, I don't think yeah. he is. I think yeah, he's still. 450. Oh, he is. Yeah, Christian Craig. He's in 450. He must not be doing very well. Anyway, who went to Bowman? Alex, why don't you go to Bowman? I didn't go um, because we had some other family things going on that weekend, and it was supposed to be hot. That's right when we were in like 95 yeah. consistent days, and I, I just didn't have the motivation to go. You're sitting next to the best whip winner. I, I know. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> Attaboy. Dusty yeah, Gardner, your nice. best whip winner. Out of four people. Yeah. <laughs> Who else could You won, man. You beat four. Um, yes. It was you, uh, Nash. Nash, Braden Nash. Well, Dalton. Dalton and Drew Odlin. Yeah. Nice. Drew, Drew won the second one. Oh, that's cool. Two of them. Yeah, they did it twice. I'd like to, and I don't know how to set it up, but I would like to do it kind of like a little more organized yeah, and have be. better prize money. Because they yeah. just had those guys buy in. They're like, how much do you want to do? And they're like, 10 bucks. So there's only four people. Right. Right. So I'd like to have more prize money and pay out further rather than winner takes all. Yeah. To encourage people to do it. It'd be cool to do at a big race. Cool. Yeah. You do like a jam or something. A jam session of it, and then how many times do you guys get to hit the? It was like five minutes each each time, and then we had best out of three at the end. Yeah, we let them all ride it for five minutes, and then they each took three runs at it. What it jump were you hitting? Super hard that tabletop in the back. It was super hard to whip. You had like a five foot landing. Yeah, I feel like that really depends on it the needed jump. To be, yeah, it needed to be popier. Mm-hmm. It just kind of just shot. The one right after the start. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right off the start. Oh, you didn't do it on the finish line? No. The wind dude, it was windy as hell. The finish line would have been uh, better. I that think. would have made him way more sicker though if the wind just took you. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you'd make it to the landing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gnarly headwind. You're not gonna bring it back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'd be sick on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be sweet to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your blown out knee, but here's right. forty dollars to help <laughs> yeah. you out. Oh, cool. you cranked that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't land. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't windy though, because that that one, if you whip, you know, to the right, because you already leaned over, yeah, come up that finish line, yeah, and it had a better pop to it. Yeah, it was poppier. Yeah, 
So how did the race go? How did you do? I didn't even race. I got too drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> too much can jam at night. Yeah. Yeah, no, was we had all over. kinds of shit going, dude. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. We had can jam going. Um, Kelsey and I have these those little electric bikes mm-hmm. that go like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, like Camden and um, Blake and stuff got a hold of those. Did they rode them till they died. I mean, like hours they were ripping around. <laughs> it's hilarious. Golf cart races, scooter races. That's awesome. It was funny. Bowman's always a good time. Too, I heard the track didn't hold up real good and... They tried hard. I know Marshall does a great job up there. He's he's always trying hard. It's just conditions. You know, you can't yeah. control Mother Nature. And I'm not saying anything against them. It's just I heard it was it was impossible to impossible. keep up Impossible. Yeah, you just can't. I mean, unless you're watering every moto, you just can't keep enough. He really did down. try hard. We were at practice, and we were first ones out for practice. And it was deep and chunky. Like big mm. chunks, but they were not soft chunks. Because I think they ripped it the night before. Yeah. Watered it. Well, everything got hard. Right. And I found a mud puddle. It was really cool. My front end just kind of kept going. And it left because it hit a big rock, a big clump, you know. And Marshall pulled up and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, okay, I'm going to get a disc off the track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tries. he really did try. Yeah, shout out to those guys yeah, for they, sure. They try hard up there. They, they do some of the best work. Just hard ones this time of year you just can't yeah it's just too windy dried it out way too fast yeah and they had to go get the water you had to haul water yeah you have a tanker do they water truck just a water trailer because there's time that they had actual tankers out there like for the rigs they just bring them out and yeah i think they were saying or somebody was saying that they go get water until they get you drunk to drive, and then they'll pull it off. Yeah, then they <laughs> fill off the tank. <laughs> that was funny. That's the Bowman f- vibe for you. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a good time, though. That's good. Yeah, it was, a, it it was, was a lot of fun. Time. Yeah, just everyone's always in a good mood. I found out what a, what a red rooster was. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. I changed it to a hen, Steve, which is no tomato juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just orange juice and tequila? Yeah, but I wanted to look cool, so I... Hit the tequila and threw the orange juice out the camper door. <laughs> I'm like, lighters. <laughs> when uh, the original Bowman race was scheduled and they had to cancel it, but it turned into a one of the best practice days ever. Steve, <laughs> that's all he wanted to do. Let's go get a red rooster. Yeah, yeah. Good old Steve. Yeah, I didn't want to get my bike money that day. Uh, Drew's been killing it too. Adam, yeah. Drew, I heard Adam, Adam raced. And he had a broken arm. And yeah, they, a shaved, broken arm. they shaved his wrist brace down so he could hold on to his handlebar. I listened to too many podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We do not advise that. Yeah. We never <laughs> recommended that. You can do it, though. Have you yeah. ever, Logan, have you ever ridden with any broken bones? No. Ever? I, I think that's the dumbest idea. <laughs> 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 I will heal. I will take double time the doctor recommends to heal up and do something else for a while and then... Whenever I want to start riding, I'll, I'll go. But, yeah. man, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. That's pretty risky. Well, and you ride a lot of bicycle and stuff to stay in shape, and, mm-hmm. and you enjoy it, too. Yeah, I've, I have a ton of other hobbies, too. Like, I, I'm I'm cool taking some time off the dirt yeah. bike. Go fishing or something? <laughs> yeah, fishing. I play a lot of golf. I play or uh, mountain bike quite a bit. And everything in between. Whatever I'm feeling that day. So. It was always so frustrating <laughs> racing Logan growing up. Because, like, 65s and 85s and, like, the early 250 days, 
we were at the same point. We were both serious about it, would race at every local race, and any time there was a race, we would be there. Well, then, like, we hit B class, and Logan, he'd do a race, and he'd disappear for, like, seven <laughs> months, eight months. <laughs> and we'd be racing every weekend consecutively, and he'd show up out of nowhere and still haul the mail <laughs> and keep up with everybody. <laughs> he Same still speed. does that. He yeah. still does yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just show up and just, like, kill it. And you're like, I haven't seen this guy in, like, three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it's not fun, when you don't want to do it, if it's hot and dusty, that's my biggest thing. Like, if it's hot and dusty, you're like, I'm out, man. Yep. No, 100% <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Yep. But. Talk about bitching. About, you guys are always on my shit about bitching about tracks. And here we are, hot and dusty, man. I'm out. Yeah. Like I said, we've been doing this since we were like eight, oh, seven, yeah. eight years old. I started when I was four. Yeah. So um, Lucky bastards. Yeah. I, I, I paid my dues already, man. Yeah? I, I, yeah, anymore. I'm, I'm just spoiled. I just... I just like to be there for good track conditions, yep. some ruts here, and it's an awesome time. But like springtime and fall. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did land right on my bad shoulder in Bowman. Oh, no. Right on it. All good? Yeah. I'm basically indestructible now. Sweet. Yep. Nothing happened. That was like your, your green light. Like you're yeah. officially good to go. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, and it was pucker factor minus zero, you know. Mm-hmm. I, after that table, after the start... There's a left-hander and then, like, this weird table that's got a funny lip on it. Yeah. Before those little rollers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just drier and shit. <laughs> and so I'm, like, clutching the dog shit out of this corner, and I just have it freaking wicked. And the whole time my bike's sliding out, and it slid out all the way off the face. Mm. One front tire and one rut, rear tire and a different rut. Just, dink, off sideways, right on my shoulder. Dang. I'm like, sick, it can't break. i drove back to the camper and there's like a big old dirt streak on that one side and kelsey's just staring at me like are you okay yeah (laughs) indestructible (laughs) before i forget what was your deal in gillette logan what was my deal who was he racing five oh straight connor straight that's his name yep connor Yeah. yeah what was your deal i mean i don't know did I have a deal. Yeah, you're freaking hauling ass. <laughs> like hauling ass. Uh, I mean, some days you're just feeling it, man. It was good track conditions. I yep. was having fun. It was a nice day. Yeah. Had enough water on it. I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? That's he, when it all clicked. Did you man. know he was on your ass the whole time? Oh, yeah. You did? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. What race was that? All of them. <laughs> um, that... The one I'm thinking of is you guys got over that finish line and, like, you were both booked it to the transponder. Yeah. I was, like, his one time to get around you, and that was the last lap. What race was that? I think that was Outlaw, Open Outlaw. The first Outlaw? First was moto? it Was it second motos or first motos? I think, yeah. Well, outlaw was last, wasn't it? Yeah. It was first moto then. It was yeah. the last first moto of the day. Did he beat you and, on that one? Yeah, who'd they give it? Who, no, who got it? I got it. Hell yeah. 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 (laughs) No, I won five out of six motos that day, pro motos that day. Uh, So 450, 250A, and open outlaw, which is something I've never done. I've never swept three overalls before that. So I was stoked on that. Um, But I think he got me in one mode. He was probably faster than me all day. Um, Had a little more speed, but a couple of those motos, like, 
man, I've, I don't know. I just kept riding on offense, like tried not to think about him, even though he <laughs> his bike was so loud behind me and just revving, like, like yelling at me, like, let's go, <laughs> like, you know, but, um, I don't know. I just tried to stay in my, in my groove, having fun was flowing. So well, bikes were working good. Um, got a dialed in suspension set up that day. Um, usually, usually go stiffer for Gillette and it worked out. So I don't know. It was just fun. We were just having a ton of fun. It was fun day. to watch. Yeah, yeah. It, was. it was a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. So the new spring rates and everything working out. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up putting that, uh, stiffer rear spring. We got in stock suspension valving, um, pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, those were working good. Um, but no, that. There were the last moto of the day. So a second moto open outlaw. It was the same situation. I was gassed yeah. like before that even happened. Because two fifty eight went and it was I like had, two motos before outlaw. Yeah, I had Riley so I raced uh two fifty eight and then my buddy Riley Ludwig brought my four fifty down to the line. So I went two fifty eight moto right to the line for open outlaw. Oof. And like I pulled the whole shot, I think I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this is gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt." So I wanted this, we but just, not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now I actually have to like, I don't know, but no, got the whole shot, and he was basically on me. I think from first or second lap, and dude, I was so tired that day. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, but. No, it was such a fun weekend. I, I really like that track, too. They get, do yeah, a good job with fun. Um, track prep, and uh, it's a good layout, too. And um, High speed. Yeah. I heard rumors they changed some things on there. That's what I saw on their yeah. Facebook, too. Does I anybody know what they changed? I couldn't really pick it out what no. they changed from the photos, but... Um, so I, I did the same thing. I tried to figure it out, but I yeah. couldn't put it together. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's a bigger finish line jump. Well, if you're listening and you know what they changed, call 605-381-1597 any time of day. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Alex? Yeah, man. Yeah, let us know. Hit me up. I want to know. Text him, call him, FaceTime him. We'd like to know what's up with Gillette. I need to open Pandora's box. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You must have found your truck keys, Alex. Oh, boy. (laughs) I did find the pickup keys. (laughs) Yeah, so it was uh, the morning of, of Gillette, and it was a little nippy out that morning. Um, so I had on my my static windbreaker. Rogers! Rogers! Yeah. So I had on the, the windbreaker before practice, um, and I was nervous. That was the first race you I had done. You blew in by me in practice, too. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Dude, me too. Holy. Me too. He's screaming of, the whole way. I was yeah. just like. I'm like, that dude showed up late because he's in a hurry. I was just like <laughs> sessioning the jumps. Like, man, this is awesome being on Sweet Dirt. Here comes Al. I like look over on that tabletop, and here he is. I was like, holy, <laughs> who is that guy? That, there was a lot of people him. out on practice, yeah. and I, I didn't want to get like stuck behind a big group of people. So mm-hmm. I was trying to slice and dice through everybody as fast as I could. But anyway, right before practice, I, I went to my pickup to get a case of water to get something, um, and I thought I had put the key fob of my pickup in the pocket of my windbreaker. And so I go ride practice. I get back and realize my pickup's locked, and my heart sinks, man. I was freaking out. So I go back, or I go all the way down to the crow's nest where Mike Neal, he was announcing, 
and Mike Neal announces it to everybody. If somebody <laughs> finds a Dodge pickup yeah. key on the side of the track, give it to Alex McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy. Just losing keys and stuff. So probably a good 30, 45 minutes go by, and I'm tearing my gear bag apart. Finally, you know the liner in an OGO gear bag mm-hmm. that unzips so you can take it out? It was underneath that liner. I have no idea how it got there. Hmm. But I found my pickup key, and it was yeah. all good. I heard you had some issues coming back from Gillette. Though. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, that pickup was there for two weeks. Ouch. Yeah. For work that you could have done yourself. Yeah, but warranty won't cover it if I do it. Oh, yeah. That sucks. And warranty on it. So that's a different static collective tire popper. I already did that one. I got to do a different one today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Gillette was rough. You guys going to the next one? Alex. When is the next one? Dusty. You know. 11th, 12th? Two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, it's like the 11th and 12th or something. Is that Casper? No, that's Gillette. Casper is Ju- July 27th or something. Yeah, because Drew oh. just got canceled. It's supposed to be this weekend. Oh, that's right. Yep. So then there's the 4th and then the weekend after is Gillette. So we'll see, man. If this if this 100 degree nah, she'll break. weather it's breaks a little bit. Hot. She'll break. <laughs> you don't have AC in your camper? If it does, I will come race. If it's going to be a dry slick practice then probably not probably won't be there they usually prep yeah. to practice usually yeah. late in the day is when it gets all dusty yeah i would like to go to casper though casper would be cool yeah would be cool even not, though it's not on a high. 250 four stroke <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the only time i've raced there was on a 250 and i said i'm not coming back on a 250 because <laughs> i feel like this thing's almost blown up <laughs> are you gonna go sweep gillette again Logan? i don't know depends Depends on uh, how I'm feeling. Depends on the work schedule. Depends on the weather. And uh, didn't didn't they used to have a, a underground like or a above ground sprinkler system, irrigation system at Gillette? I could I, I could thought be they wrong, did, but they don't anymore. They have the ones where you can hook the hose to it. They have stations everywhere. Okay, where yeah. You hook the hose to it and spray it down. I see. I thought one year they had it and it was really good. The intermission, they just flipped them on for like. Five ten minutes and it was brand new track. Mm. Yeah, sweet. But Gage, you gone? We'll see. I, I hope so. No hard yeses. Dusty. Yes, I'm going. Dusty's gone. Chris. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll you're call going. the Ford dealership and let them know you're coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> Good burn, but I don't have a Ford anymore. What'd you get? We'll talk about it in my rant. Okay. <laughs> I'm not mad at the pickup, but we'll talk about it. Kind of bummed you sold that thing. I no, kind of wanted it. Fuck that thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of new parts on it. <laughs> Perfect. If you're Where's into it that, <laughs> um, GMC has it, I think. Oh, they can't keep pickups. No one can keep pickups very long right now. No inventory. I crazy. thought I saw it going down the interstate the other day because it, it had really dark windows on it, mm-hmm. and I thought I saw it go by. And I'm like that poor fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't have many miles on it, did it? Um, when I got rid of it, it had 80000 on it. Oh, that's not much. What'd you buy it with? 59000 Oh, nice. Um, you didn't put that many on it. No, about 20000 Hmm. My trade-in was, if, okay, if you have a pickup that you don't like right now, now's the time to get rid of it, but mm-hmm. you can't find one. I got $2,000 more on my trade-in than I paid for that pickup two years ago. 
You know the other cool thing about trades? Hmm. That when you go to register your new vehicle, whatever that is. Yeah, you just pay the difference. You pay the difference on them. You'd get taxed on the difference. Right. You don't get taxed on the whole amount. So yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Because I was nervous about that looking at new ones and shit. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what is sales tax on this pig? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else for races, boys? I'm sad you guys gave me the whole we'll see spiel, but whatever. Races. There's a race this weekend in Casper. I know Troy Berry's going down with his kids. Was that HBMA? No, it's uh, RMXA, I think. Oh, Fast right. boys are going to show up. Is it a, com- a combination? Troy said it wasn't. Oh, it's just I think Rocky it's just, Mountain. I think guys. it's just. We could look See. it up and yeah, say I'll later, but yeah. yeah, it's just a one association. Troy thought it's just not a mixed association. So, hmm. uh, Alex, we're going to Colorado. When? Sixth through the eighth hmm. of August. Also, Logan, we're going to Colorado. Yeah. I invited Gage. He said, we'll see. And I'm like, bro, I gave you two months notice. What tracks are you riding? Are you riding? IMI. We're going to start at IMI, yeah. Nice. IMI, Thunder Valley, maybe. Depends. Um, If we have a bunch of campers, I don't know if we're going to move around a whole lot. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think would, we're I taking a camper, right, Dusty? Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing like half a day over at Thunder Valley just to see. Yeah. I, I don't like riding tracks I don't know yet. Mm. I like to figure one out before I move to the next. Mm-hmm. You'd like know. Thunder Have you been to Thunder Valley? Never. It's awesome. I'm yeah, sure it it's is. it's really cool. They uh, it's I'm awesome. sure. changed layout a little bit. Um, you probably saw it on TV. Yeah. The layout looks nice now. Yeah. Um, Instead of doing that weird chicane at the bottom, mm-hmm. it goes straight, and then that, that jump looked huge on TV, that yeah. double. Yeah. All the jumps are just beefed there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> in person, you're like, oh, my God. And like some of the sight lap like whips that were they were tossing over those things were unbelievable. Like literally like freaked me out. Like <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was uh like Cody Shock threw a massive one and then Rod Bell threw a huge one and then some other dudes were just styling over them. But those yeah. guys were unbelievable. My jaw was just dropped the entire day. Generally after the national they tame it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, immediately after the national. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you going? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about some pro race stuff here, and then we're going to come back and talk about Alex a little bit. Sorry, Logan, but yeah. some shit's happening. All good. Um, I'm here for it. Question, is Eli Tomac back? No. Moto winner? No. He looked so good in second moto. He really looked like the old Tomac. That's what I'm saying, dude. But yeah, wh- I don't know if it's going to stick around. I think he found something with uh bike setup. Obviously found something with the start. Yeah. That's what was holding him back a lot, I think. What? Well, he's really never had great starts. Yeah, Eli Tomac's the... I started in 15th, yeah. pounded everyone, and put a 10-second gap on him. But, like, this season, it's so stacked, it's gonna be hard for anyone to come through like yeah, that mentally you're to. just defeated already i forget who they were talking to on pulp but um it was kind of like not i don't remember if it's a factory guy or not but he's like i'm battling eli tomac like i'm trying to stay on his ass we're just battling battling and we're in 10th and 11th <laughs> like <laughs> there's nine more guys to go right. after eli tomac might have been craig who was saying that too it's like 
he was like behind Tomac. He thought he was good. Like, oh yeah, easy fourth or fifth. <laughs> yeah, eleventh. <laughs> like, P P nine P ten. They're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, not back. I don't think so. We'll see. We'll go to Redbud. Kind and of figure it out. Kind of. If he gets, starts, I don't think. Then yes, not back to the dominant ways he was at, but he's kind of back. I think he's going to get better and be more top five instead of top ten. Kind of was a breath of fresh air, though. Yeah. yeah. You were just wondering when it was finally going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Thunder Valley for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was in trouble after Thunder Valley. That yeah. He that right. he didn't perform there. That's his yeah. home track. Yeah. yeah. He schools people at Thunder Valley and yeah. see him going by in like eighth and ninth and going backwards. I think he was 13th in a moto. Yep. Or something like that. And yeah. We're like, well. They were talking about um, Ken Roxon too. I don't remember which moto it was. Started in 14th and in four laps past 10 dudes. Yeah. At High Point or Thunder Valley? High Point. High Point. High Point. That, that was, was an second insane moto. ride. It was second. He, yeah. Ten he dudes in four laps. And then Hunter Lawrence, that whole weekend, passed 50 people. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. He wrecked in both motos, and each moto passed 25 people. Don't they give an award for... Hard charging? Hard mm-hmm. charger that you pass the most... Yeah. Whatever. That's probably a record. <laughs> That's a lot, dude. That's after, a lot, a lot. After watching qualifying, I thought Hunter was going to be the overall winner easy in the 250 class. Like, his qualifying time was really good, but you could just see the flow he had and then come out first moto, he hole shots, and then just bonehead move. Yeah. Crashes in that corner, and, man, that's a bummer. I think he's going to get a win this year though for sure overall do you think he's looking good i yeah i agree Mm -hmm. he's dude the lawrence brothers their style is so solid Mm -hmm. like you watch him and never once is it like whoa that was sketchy like they always they're always on for their age too i don't know how old hunter is but for being 17 jet not riding out of control everything's all composed all the time right it's incredible yeah both of those brothers just like they just glide over the track. They never bury the bike. Like yeah. that that wild style. Like you'll see it in Redbud. Redbud gets pretty deep. It's pretty sandy. I remember last year watching Jeremy. I mean, I think he was kind of outmotored on that guy Kohanda mm-hmm. uh, last year at Redbud, and he like he put so much of it on the bike. I feel like right. he was racing Ferrandez on the Yamaha. You could, yeah. you could obviously see there's a horsepower difference, but I think a lot of it too. Jeremy was more aggressive too. He they'd kind of just bury the bike and just kill their momentum. Whereas the Lawrence brothers, they just glide right through that turn. And yeah, it's really cool to watch. Yeah. How cool would it be to be a 17 year old kid from Australia, move to a new country and make a post on Instagram saying, Hey, everybody, you know, make a banner, make a flyer. Did you see how many people made their own banners and flyers for jet? Yeah, I saw some inappropriate ones too. Me too. Some ladies. Like he's seventeen. That doesn't fly here. Do you think? Uh, do you think Forkner's going to come out? No, dude, Forkner's done. Start swinging again? Because wasn't he saying he was going to get blood work done? Because something's wrong. Oh, I didn't see that, no. but maybe. I thought he was going to be they were talking really about- good going into this season. I mean, he's a badass. Like you yes. either love him or hate him, but. He's a badass on a dirt bike. Yeah. Man, Maybe he's struggling this year. Monster Energy girlfriend broke up with him again. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that'd throw your moto off, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Throw you off. Yeah. 
Um, who, oh, uh, Dean Wilson. What's the disease? I think it starts with an E. It's like where you overtrain. Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. Epstein Bar. Epstein Yeah. Dino. Didn't Roxon have that? Yeah. He had it. There's a bunch of guys that have had it. Travis Pastrana's had it a couple times. Dino's got it. The last of Rockstar Husky. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a shame. But, I mean, it was coming. You could see it. Oh, uh, Hammaker had it, too. Seth Hammaker. Oh, yeah? I think, yeah. I'm trying to think who else had it. Quite a few people have had it. Ricky Carmichael had it. That's oh, just sure. from from overtraining. Yeah, overtraining and all the dust in the lungs and everything else. It just oh. the body starts not accepting that, pushing that hard. Yeah, I don't ever have to worry about that. No, not a strict training program over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't run the dust, so I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, you're, you're out on dust. <laughs> Same with you, Alex. You're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who so, do you think? Who Who do you think for title? 250 or 450? I mean, 450. It's early. I don't, definitely don't want Ferrandez to get it. Mm-hmm. But he is killing it right now. That dude is a competitor, too. He is. Like, he does not fold. No. Like My God. You, you saw it this weekend with Roxon when he was trying to pass him, and he passed him back. Yeah. Like, that is so hard to do. Do you see him almost come off the bike? Yeah. And that. lose Zero oh, time. Yeah. 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 Like, dude, like, no feet on the pegs at all. Ass about as high as his head was. No, yeah. lost no time. He, yeah, I mean, he, I don't like him personally, <laughs> but he is. Yeah. Is it because he's, he's French, Alex? No, it's just. <laughs> he rides the dirt bike. He rides the dirt bike. Oh, I'm so no. happy all the fans come. It's, it all originated from the Craig thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. just like the kick in the, like, the opening of the. True Ferrandis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, but I don't know. I mean, he he's a badass. I'll agree. But mm. I don't like him. <laughs> it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he's riding pretty good. Yeah. Who's your who's your guess? On I don't that? know. I feel like Ferrandis is gonna wreck. Because mm. like when you watch like Tomac, it rocks and like there's no point where you're like he's about to lose it. He's riding squirrely. He's all over right. the place. Ferrandez a little bit, dude. He's a little he's a little loose. Yeah. So I feel like he's gonna wreck. I could see it. Whether it's like taking some dude out in a corner and goes down, like I feel like he's gonna wreck and DNF a moto. He was and about be, a millimeter millimeter away from it right, this weekend and stuff like that. Him. Yeah. But if he doesn't wreck, I think he's gonna do really good. Yeah. Well that's pretty crazy about Cincerello. One point. Yeah. Missed that overall by one Gosh. point. Yeah. But to get that one moto win where he almost uh, didn't get it because of oh yeah guy falling the left rider yeah, yeah he pushed the bike over the finish line <laughs> yeah he tried to wheelie over him then went down and picked it up and then you didn't realize how close second place was until you like seen the footage from the front yeah you know, like he was pushing it over as the guy was coming over yeah. yeah I think he'll I think he'll get an overall I do too it's just a matter of time I think Sexton will get some wins. It should. I don't know High where point was probably some of the best racing that the outdoors have had for a long, long Years. time. Yeah. yeah, that 450 Moto Two was awesome. Dude, so it was fun to watch. Yeah. The whole thing was fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, a couple different battles going. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with track conditions too. The overcast all day. It was tacky. They could basically go wherever. 
Yeah. I mean, with good lines. Um, yeah, the track looked really good. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. When you were in Thunder Valley, speaking of the Martin boys, did you see either of them crash? Yeah, I was on TV when they were showing uh, <laughs> Alex Martin, like, wincing at his wrist. But, yeah, so he's coming down the hill. We were standing on top of the hill. So Where I, he I got saw the soft stuff? The, yeah, he, so he jumped So at the top of the hill, Thunder Valley, right? Um, guys just fly off that hill. Mm-hmm. Apparently he jumped way to the right and landed the soft stuff and just cartwheeled. I saw the end of it, so I was basically standing right at the top of that hill looking down. Mm-hmm. We saw the end of it, and we saw him walk off, and then we started walking down there. By the time we got down there, he had it had his arm all splinted and was right on the fence. We were right on the fence there, and yeah. like we're close up. And, I mean, it was like, man, I like almost had a lump in my throat for him, dude. Like, yeah. he, he's had such a long career, and, like, train vlogs are awesome yeah and um but no you can see his wrist was just deformed like they're cutting his jersey off cutting his glove off and and it wasn't good but um but yeah i went and walked watched it back on tv and sure enough we're we're standing right there as he's getting all taped up and or whatever the medical guys were doing to him but rumor is jmart's gonna come back and race what about Amart? You think he's I don't think so. Done? I think I don't. He he said he might try to be back for Millville. Oh yeah, that's oh, what that he was saying. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so on cool. pulp. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's gonna. His goal was to make Millville. That's and he was crazy. talking about Jmart, um, maybe Redbud. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to have surgery or anything. He's right. In, he was in a cast. So I mean, just a couple weeks off, and yeah, apparently he might be good to go. But, Boys are coming back. Yeah. That'd be so cool if they could both make Millville. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. Martin won too. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so cool. Uh, Gage, you got a tech tip for us? Yeah, I do. Do you guys have anything else on races? I'm good, man. All right, I got homework for everyone. Next time you take your rear wheel off, make sure you take the... Axle adjuster bolts all the way out. Clean them. Put anti-seize. If you don't have anti-seize, at least use some oil, um, some grease or something, and run your axle adjuster bolts back in. I'm. <laughs> we've been fixing quite a few adjuster bolts have been locking up. If you use, you know, a wire brush or something to clean them up before you put them back in and put some sort of uh, anti-seize or at least oil or grease on them, you should do it a couple times a year, but... A lot of people never do it in the lifetime of the bike, but an ounce of prevention is uh, worth a pound of cure on that for sure. Gage's tech tip. <laughs> did, uh, did you just fix yeah, Derek's? I, I've, I've fixed a couple this week, and it's not a good job. It, you got to drill them out, and you got to make sure you stay on center so you don't and retap it. It's just a tough job. Shout out to Derek Howe because he literally just did that exact thing. <laughs> Were they he stuck? He broke Gage? that bolt. Oh, he broke it. He broke it. Yeah, oh, wow. You gotta cut them off flush, and then you gotta try to stay on center. And a lot of times, people try to fix it on their own, and they get off center. So then you gotta go in with a Dremel and try to get it back on center before you recenter drill it. And it's a task. So it's just better if you just prevent it, and it doesn't take much prevention. Right. But hmm. if you don't and you need the master mechanic gauge is your guy 
We got the right tools to do it. I mean, I got <laughs> special stuff I built just for that job. Um, so we have the best possible, you know, outcome that we can have. Yeah. So but don't I, put Loctite on those. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I found Logan if Wait, you mix if, <laughs> if you mix Crap. the blue Loctite with the red Loctite to make purple, it really it's like liquid welding. Well, that's <laughs> your chain never gets loose. Chris's tech tip. <laughs> yeah, Chris's tech tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what JB Welding is made out of. Right. <laughs> All colors of Loctite <laughs> blended together. <laughs> um, my suspension's done, so quit sending me the dumbass meme on Facebook of the zombie. We're going to ask you, how how did that feel? Better? feels good. I haven't moved anything. Good. Like, we uh, we set sag, and I literally haven't moved anything on it. feels really good. Much more predictable. This feels good. I mean, KTM is predictable as it is. <laughs> There's nothing unpredictable about a KTM. There's nothing better than Are you listening? Sweat Gillette minus one moto (laughs) from the man himself. I know. Yeah, listen. Gillette reigning champ. Gillette reigning champ. (laughs) (laughs) Logan, when you go to the track or somewhere to ride, if your bike feels horrible, do you instantly adjust? things or do you try to ride it and see if it's you and something's weird um kind of depends so i can usually feel like sometimes i'll instantly go like three or four clicks or like before gillette even i'll go clicks before i Mm -hmm. even get on the track because i just been to gillette and kind of have an idea of what direction i'm gonna like to go yeah but other times like if I'm caught up in a battle or something and not really focusing on my riding, I guess, then I'll give it another moto because I wasn't really like paying attention to how the bike was reacting. Right. Rather, or I was yeah, caught up in the battle. Really. I thought like, he was about to say mid moto you know. click. <laughs> it's like if I'm caught up in a battle, I'm like this motherfucker's about to jump yeah. and run that clicker in too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, going uh, through a corner with his air pump out, yeah. <laughs> pumping up the shock. Yeah, and it depends on the outcome of the battle too. Like, right. if you end up like winning that moto, like, yeah, it's good, you know. Where right. <laughs> if you get beat, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I could feel something here, or it kick me weird here. Yeah, I'd feel wallowy here. And, yeah, um, kind of, kind of just depends. Um, Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own style. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not detached enough while we're racing to pay attention to any of that. No. The whole time I'm like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have enough separation to be like, yeah. oh man, it's pretty harsh through here. Yeah. I'm just like, I suck. That's why it's harsh. Have you ever been in the middle of a moto and just had random thoughts like, I wonder what we're eating tonight? Oh, absolutely. Like just these w- random weird where you're just like Completely like, man, I should probably be paying attention. Be like, I wonder what Ezra's doing. <laughs> I wonder if Sarah's watching right here. Like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> I guess I don't. I, I don't really get those during a race, but on a practice, like if we're just riding around or something, like you'll, your mind will just drift off. Yeah. You'll have to bring it back. Like yeah. e- easy here. Yeah, we gotta we gotta stay, stay on to that. Yeah. Like I, I, I just noticed that when I was doing a lot of motos, like when I was entering like three, four, five classes, like there's times <laughs> where you're just like you're so you're over it end right. of the days end of the second motos it's like i wonder where we're gonna stop and eat tonight like i wonder <laughs> you know <laughs> like, these weird thoughts that are like 
why you, you should be focused on what's going on in front of you, but that's like the, have you ever, well, I'm sure you have, but at an indoor race, have you ever heard little kids singing when they're, when they're riding? Yeah. N- yep. <laughs> what? Yep. No. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Like huh. if, you, if you're at an indoor, like stand on the, like on the face of a jump or something and just wait. I guarantee you there's a little kid that's singing a song hmm. or yep. talking to himself or laughing. Do you guys ever yell at other people when you're on the track? Oh, yeah. You and freaking <laughs> Justin Grable scream. Dude, oh, I yeah. hear them yelling before I hear their bike, and it yeah. scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like, especially Grable, dude. He'll, like, run right up on me because I'm just lollygagging, yeah. you know, and I just hear, ah! <laughs> I literally, like, jump. I love it. I love yelling Do you guys people. yell yeah. certain things to people or just, like, random screams or... Yeah, just random screams, basically. For for me, in the indoors especially, it's such tight racing. Any arena cross like that, I mean, you know, you're coming in hot in a corner. Like, you can't really slow down. If they cut down, you're both screwed. Yeah. So, like, right when we get off the gas, I give them, like, if I'm coming up on their left and they can't hear my bike, I'll either, either give them a rev or just say, hey, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Coming right here, probably gonna pass you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, or if you try to give them a rev, I did that once in like your front brake and throttle and are on the same side. So if you <laughs> give it a rev, your finger comes off the front brake and then you wreck. So <laughs> I, I just gave went up to, on that to the talk and to the. It doesn't even really have to be that loud either. Like you can you can hear. Yeah, yeah especially when everyone's off the gas too. Yeah. yeah, I remember Jake Kelly laughing all the time. We'd be out there and I'd cut him off or something. I'd hear him. Ha! <laughs> He's got that deep laugh, you know. That's <laughs> like, jeez. I just remember hearing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I did yell, "I'm sorry, Ron," when I came slamming into Ron because I dicked up a jump. Oh, really? And like he has a corner right after the jump, and he just happened to be at the top of it. I tucked right up in next to him and hit him, and I yelled, "I'm sorry, Ron," the whole way in. <laughs> <laughs> it seems weird because, like. I swear, like, uh, some guys almost try to have a conversation with you when you're out there on the track. I've, I've heard people where they're, like, trying to talk to you while you're yeah. racing. You're like, what is this? Like, I'm not going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> Scares but. me. You guys come around me like I'm sitting still, screaming at me. What the hell was that? I love screaming at people I know. I won't yell at a random person, but people I know... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I I'll I was give you hauling yeah. ass at Gillette, and I just hear. Him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like you're standing still. Yeah. Yep. I think you should scream at random people. Can you imagine them going back to their camper? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this dude on a Honda blew by me screaming the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like screaming, going fast, literally screaming, yelling. He had a war cry going on. <laughs> yep. But that was practice, and Logan showed everybody up in the motos. So. Yeah. I just show up for the motos, man. Stars, <laughs> I swear to God, you get every whole shot. Every I race know, I watch. Man, I just, I've always been like that. I've been on like 65s. Yeah. Just, you start in third gear or something? No, I go <laughs> all over the place. Like, some places I'll start in first. Some places I'll start in second. Yeah. Um, Don't let him fool you. He just, has a little nitrous bottle in his air box. <laughs> 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 it's all about, like... So on a start, you should have your clutch like halfway engaged, right, and hard on your front brake, and then seat position is pretty critical, and then wrap your legs on your bike to hold you in that position, mm-hmm. and then like as soon as the thirty second board goes sideways, you you have your back wheel loaded, so it's just one quick movement, like 
off the brake, off the clutch, like right, it's right there. So I mean, do you, do you, do you guess give I've it always, more, or you keep your? I've tried low RPM and um, high RPM. I don't know. I just kind of hover in the middle there. Like, feet, but as you let it go, do you drop it yeah. further? Yeah, it's pretty much pinned yeah. after that. Or, I mean, like a concrete start, you can't spin. Right. But Gillette's concrete super traction y. So, mm-hmm. um, I set the whole shot device on the Gillette concrete. Oh, you did? Yeah, I would do that every motor. You'd launch so hard. Like, whereas other concrete, or if it gets wet, you spin so bad. Once you spin, yeah. you're, you're done. Yeah. Like, Were you getting on the rough cut stuff there? Yeah, I mean, there's smooth cut there and there's rough cut the farther out you go. Yeah. Well, I always go way, way inside. Me and Greg yeah. were like on the same two gates all, all day that or all day for all those classes. And, um, but yeah, it's pretty grooved throughout, I feel like. So just sweep it off and I don't even do a burnout or I don't even clean it off. I want to save my clutches and save my tires for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all in how you, you feel that engagement. And uh, throttle control too. Yeah, like dirt starts you can hammer down. Yeah, um, but concrete's a lot more finesse. I feel like. Yeah, concrete starts are pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Like to dial them in, they're pretty tough. Mm-hmm. They can either go really good or super bad. Like yeah, if you spin, you always keep your feet tucked in in front of the foot pegs. Yep, if you just don't come back. Wrap your legs around, like keep tuck your boots in front of your foot pegs. That's kind of why they're spring loaded too. Mm-hmm. catching ruts and getting your legs in there and then yeah um i don't know if you if you want to get a better launch like right out of the gate just try first gear or i mean the whole point of a second gear start is to not shift right so i feel like um second gear i don't launch as hard but um first gear i launch way harder but i don't stay as balanced mm-hmm. like 15 feet out of the gate so yeah. and then also it's really crucial to stay balanced to um drag your feet like 20 feet 20 feet out too that oh. helps a lot with balance and, hmm. um, i should be writing this down and you're, you're <laughs> grabbing, i think it's recorded you're grabbing <laughs> gears pretty quick though yeah especially in first um just launch and then on a 450 i mean you could pretty much just leave it in second too and just run it up to the rev limiter yeah 250s oh my gosh so I haven't ridden a 250 in like four years before I got that uh, KTM. I forgot how hard them things are to ride. <laughs> I'm just, so I rode a 450 for three or four years, and I pretty much haven't got out of third gear in three or four years <laughs> right. either. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what Michael Essie used to do. He would start in first. Those of you who don't know who Michael Essie were, you should go watch some old yeah, races. that guy's. He's the whole shot legend. king. Yeah. yeah, seriously. But he would start with his boots in front of in front of his pegs, and his, he would be squeezing the bike as tightly as possible. He'd start in first gear, and as he were bringing his feet up, he would, he would catch a gear mm-hmm. with the side of his boot. Mm-hmm. And then once he was on, the, you know, on the, the pegs and planted, then if he needed third, he'd grab third. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that was his technique, and that's what got him all those. I saw Roxon do that. Yeah. Like the top of his foot hit, and he kept his boots tucked underneath. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. There's a couple options there, too. You can either put your boots in between your foot peg and your shift lever and brake lever. Or um, years ago, I was at a, a Gary Semick's moto school up in Helena, Montana. And the way he taught it was legs in front of the shifter and the brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And then drag your feet 
and then as soon as you come up, just hit your shifter with your heel. Yeah. And that's how you shift, like, off mm. the start to keep your legs out. So you're dragging legs, like, 20 feet out or however yeah. far out, and then as soon as you bring those up, just click it with your heel, and that's yeah. how you grab that first gear. Okay, so quick question. Do you flick the clutch and shift and leave it wide open? Do you let off, and or do you just let it rev out until you can shift? I, so, like, going down the start straightaway, you mean? Yep. I... I just rev it out till like the rev limiter and then just keep it on rev lim- like Gillette all you need on a 450 all you need is second and then just pin it yeah like, no when you I shift don't. he's asked do you flick your clutch oh no use the clutch no maybe? clutch just freaking keep it wide and jam that thing up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's probably really hard on shit but I mean because there's yeah, a lot of pros that do it. A lot you of sweat Gillette, though. You let off, off to clutch and then shift, you're already beat. No, he's point. talking about you leave it on and flick your clutch. Because that's no the, clutch. The, way, the, the way I do it is wide open. And then as I shifted, I just flick the clutch and shift so that the mm-hmm. RPMs would raise up and keep. And then some guys will wait till it revs out so that will go in easier. And some guys will not use the clutch, but the chop throttle shift and then get back in it. Cause sometimes when you're wide open and if you're in the meat, you try to shift, it won't go. Yeah. Yeah. I guess but if you jam hard enough, something's going to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> probably. I guess I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really think about like that, that, well, now that's in your head. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen <laughs> yeah. to all the other stuff he thinks about, <laughs> but I, in my mind, I think you should just freaking, Slam that fucker <laughs> up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know the guys that will just pull on the shifter until the bike revs out enough and it finally goes in. And then there's guys that will, you know, like myself, I'll just flick it and shift. And there's guys that will actually chop throttle shift and get back in it, which I think is a slower way to do it. But so Yeah, my recluse helps. Just kicking it yeah. up to the gear, no matter where you're at in the RPMs. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways, and if you watch some of the videos of McGrath, he always would flick his clutch, but there's a lot of guys that don't either, so yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. I guess, I don't know, if you if you shift right, your your engine's revving out too, so right when it revs out, those first couple of rev limiters, I guess, yeah, you could probably get it up. Yep, you just don't want to hit it too early, mm-hmm. but yet not too late. It's uh, definitely a timing thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard when you hear all the other bikes around you. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, just feeling feel, your bike. It's a feel yeah. more than a, uh, yeah. I don't like that. Just got to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the vibrations through your bike, you can tell when it's like revved out compared to trying to listen to it. It's, it's too many stuff going on. It's, it's hard on a KTM gauge to just rev and rev and rev <laughs> and rev. Just leaving that gear then. Rev? <laughs> yeah. You're almost guaranteed to get a whole shot on a KTM too. So. Wow. <laughs> that that nice hydraulic wow there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to go eat yep yeah we'll get into yep. i have some we have some questions for alex coolio julio because of some stuff he dumped on us right when he got in here yeah and then we'll go over logan stuff cool cool, cool. can i get a Oh, yeah. Hiya. <laughs> Have you seen those videos? I don't know if I should tell you. You want to do a stretch test? Mm-mm. Gage, you want to oh, do, yes, do, stre- do a stretch <laughs> test? Flexibility <laughs> test? 
Uh, I'm not good at that, but what are we doing? All right, stand up. Take your headphones off. (laughs) All right. Fold your hands together. Okay, push them down. Now look at the back of your boot. Over your shoulder. No, like the bottom of your boot. Pick your foot up and look at the bottom of your boot. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that on TikTok. That's horrible. It's so much better that I was wearing the microphone. It amplified that. That Yeah, There's some where they're like, the dude's like faking like he's choking when they come to give him the high and like, ah. (laughs) It's that big Mexican guy in the car dealership. Yeah, they keep getting him. (laughs) I knew yeah. we'd get Gage because he has a flip phone. So he does a CD that shit. the one they've done where it's like, you can't touch the top of your finger to your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh. <laughs> Guys are so weird. <laughs> oh, it's a weird humor these days. Yeah, these freaking kids. You have TikTok? No. Oh. But if you watch like Instagram reels, yeah. a lot of that comes from TikTok. The viral Pretty TikTok, much TikTok goes on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Do you have TikTok? No. I don't have the TikTok. No. No, I don't. I thought I'd try. You're right. <laughs> He's just sitting on his computer watching TikTok all day at work. It's like, yeah, I got it. I definitely have it. There's you do? some funny shit on there. Do you post anything? No. Hell no. No dance videos? Mm-mm. Yeah, I can do one of those combo things. Well, why not? Maybe we need to get Moto on TikTok. How do you make flat tire factory TikTok? How, how do you make a TikTok? I don't. It, do you? Well, first you tick. Yeah, and then you talk. <laughs> and then you talk. <laughs> so it's did only you, like three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have Vine? Yep. It's just like Vine, just random six second videos. Yeah, totally I random. Think they're thirty out seconds of the wall. though, aren't they? I don't know what they are. Reels are. Dude, I get stu- I, mean, I get stuck on Instagram Reels. Some of that shit's freaking hilarious. That's the worst part about TikTok is it'll be midnight and you'll be like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck." My daughter showed me stuff on there. I think Ezra might even showed me something on there before, but I don't don't follow it, I guess. There's Amish people with TikTok. And you could watch their videos (laughs) all night long. It's just as satisfying as watch like watching that weird one Indian guy build a pool with a stick. Oh yeah, I've seen those, oh, yeah. dude. And then when like someone finally realized we were all watching those, yeah, like I don't, I'd like be taking a poop, dude, yep. cruising freaking YouTube, and I'm like, why am I watching this guy build a pool? It's mm-hmm. a nice pool though. <laughs> yeah, they do a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's an Amish page out there that does the same thing. Like they have the whole colony out there building a pole barn or a house or something. They'll build it in eight hours. Okay. And time lapse the whole thing. Have you seen the movie um, Sex Drive? I think it's where that guy steals his brother's car, and it ends up breaking down. And I don't. Th- it's Amish people that end up. He breaks down, and they're like, oh, g- no. "Gonna fix it for him." It's on Netflix. I don't know. I think it's on Netflix. We were about to watch it, and then we switched. You should it. watch it. It's kind of the same thing. They like have his car in there, and he's, he's like, "You can fix my car." And, he like lists all this stuff off about his cars. Like, yeah, but I have no idea. I'm just Amish, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a, well, don't watch it with your girlfriend. She no. won't, it's guy funny. It's okay. not girlfriend funny. Speaking of Amish, since we're on that topic, remember Neil Wanless, the 
guy from East Eastern South Dakota who won the lottery a few years ago. I remember hearing about it, you know. 258 yeah. million. Yeah. So he bought a 55,000 acre ranch out by Newell. And just this last winter, he sold it. The Amish cut him a check for for like 40 million or something like that what? for this ranch. Yeah. Wow. They're from selling chickens? <laughs> Dude, they don't get taxed on anything. That's a lot, but that's not, a lot of chickens. I know, but dude, they build so from what I understand, furniture. They build a lot of furniture. They do a lot of you know, baking and things like that. They have a lot of farm ground. And then like I guess like there's a branch colony. I'm nerding out on this situation, but like <laughs> all the Amish colonies somehow have like a joint account with each other. It's like an Amish union kind of hmm. from what I understood. And so it was like five colonies that pooled together the money and had $44 million. Question. Yes. Have you heard the rumor that they'll hire you to go impregnate their daughters if you have, like, clean genetics? I've heard the rumor, and everybody's talked about it, but I don't know if that's that, actually true. <clears throat> that was years ago. I know guys over in Watertown that were part of that, but that was about a lot of years ago. There's a lot of hoots over in Watertown. Yeah, heterites, yeah. Yeah. If you know anything about the Amish, um, you can call or text any time of day, 605-381-1597. You were recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shout out to your sister. That was amazing food. We haven't started yet. I was going to give her a shout out. Yeah. So we'll redo that. Okay. Now I have to cut that out, Gage. We got to have an intro song and all that shit. Which, speaking of, Alex, you down for playback song? Redeem yourself. I'm good, man. Be very careful. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> For those of you that didn't listen, Alex is uh, is a little on the gnarly side, and we all told him it was fine, but then we hammered on well, when he, it uh, came alive. He's such, a, he's such a nice guy, and then all of a sudden, this gangster rap music comes on. You guys are so nice at first. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Alex. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Why would you pick this song? <laughs> Let's see what Chris has been listening to. Gage, you want to pick? Have Dusty pick? He hasn't picked. Dude, anything but Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have said that, bro. Nickelback. Let me turn this up. Um. Something in your mouth. I don't think we'll play that. <laughs> you ever heard of the remix of the the Nickelback song "Photograph"? And they they like edited out the photo, so it says, "Look at this graph." <laughs> 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 then it shows a picture of the graph, it's like a, a graph. It's pretty funny. Have you seen any of those videos where, like, the chorus of certain songs, they fill it in with a goat screaming? Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> yeah. Trouble, trouble. There's just a goat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, Dusty, what Nickelback song did you want? (laughs) I should have walked to Canada from here. I cannot listen to that. Oh, lucky for you, my Bluetooth shut off. But nonetheless, let me see. Roadcaster Pro. Why do you even have Nickelback on your thing? You can just search it. The internet. Oh, you're doing your playlist. He's like, well, yeah, but 
Well, <laughs> see the way my bank account set up. And... Dude, when I was like 10, Rockstar was, was the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was sick. You don't like this song? I hate Nickelback, dude. Why? I, I just can't stand them. This song's sick. Prison gates won't open up for me. Dude, hell yeah. Dusty has left the building. Welcome back. Um, fun fact, we have a new cater for our podcast. Um, Sugar Mama's Bakery. We got pulled pork sandwiches, some cowboy beans, and some cupcakes. What do you guys think? Mm. Amazing. Delicious. Super good. Mm. We're gonna- Pops off. Whoever you are, I don't know your name, but wow. Yeah. That's Lizzie wow. Suto. Good job, Lizzie Suto. Thanks, yeah, Lizzie. <laughs> Super good. So, if you're looking for cakes, hit up Lizzie Sudo. She did really good. Um, should we talk about Alex first? First off, the water trailer is fully functional, boys. Sweet. Tested it out yesterday. There was a nice big stream. Mm-hmm. Pumps water out a little faster than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that it does. But um, we prepped like two corners yesterday. It was super sick. Shoots like nice. 75 feet. Dude, what? it shoots really far. Holy. I should have bought a one-inch like, trash bump. <laughs> like, even like a shower of it. Yeah. Perfect. I couldn't find a, uh, like, a fire hose nozzle to screw on there. Because, like, who would sell that besides maybe, like, Whistler or something? Yeah. So, I put a PVC cap on it and then drilled holes in it. Yeah. And, it, dude, it just launches water. Yeah. Rain water. That's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. You're going to knock Dalton down as he goes by or something with that? I, it'd blow him off his bike. <laughs> it's a cannon, dude. Like, I built the end of it. <laughs> Dusty, how long is the handle? It's probably like... It's like almost three feet. Almost now. three feet, the part you hold on to. And it's probably good I built it like that because it's like... Whoosh. <laughs> you definitely need to spray over, like, Camden Dooney, Blake Morgan, like, Gage Shelton. Like I'd that. kill him. Yeah, just... I'd kill him. Knock them off their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Make them forget what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so how? What? Uh, what size like gallon tank? Is There's a the 250 gallon tank on it. We only filled it up. We put like what 110 gallons in it yesterday. Yeah. We didn't have a place to fill it yet, so we just used Mike's hose. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we stopped there because it was taking freaking forever. Yeah. So we just put 110 in it and started spraying. Sweet. And it was gnarly. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Trial one, r- trial run went pretty good. There. Great success. Yes. Sweet. No issues. And then Mike texted me today. He's got a road plowed into where his well is, and there's a pond, so I can suck right out of the pond. You probably fill it up in two minutes. Awesome. Nice. Prep days are coming, boys. That's pretty nice. slick right there. So thank you to our sponsors, because that's how that got built. Mm-hmm. Was from all our sponsors at Flat Tire Factory. Speaking of sponsors, Alex McPherson. Yes. Am I going to have to take, or should I say Todd McPherson? No, Alex. Alex. <laughs> Todd, do I have to take one of these um, oh God. sponsor reads off of here? Can we talk about this? We can talk about this, yeah. So I'm actually in the process of closing Rapid Concrete Solutions. What um, button do I hit? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? No, God, please, <laughs> no, no. The past three years have been pretty incredible. I've met a lot of great people, and I've, I've learned a lot. But um, 
as of lately, there's a few other people in town now doing it, and the market is just flooded. It's it's pretty tough um, to get a good clientele built for the summer and to rely on that for for a living. Um, and so I kind of changed directions and wanted to go start a job that would be a you know a long term thing and and start to get the the footprint going for that. Which is what I actually just recently recently started at Rice Honda. Uh, Rice's Rapid Motorsports to be a salesman with them. Um, what do they sell at Rice Honda? We sell uh, all BRP products. Mm. Bikes. K- KTM. Rogers! Rogers! Yeah! Next. Honda. Mm. Suzuki. Okay, go back to Honda. Honda. Okay, <laughs> now what? And then anything. Really Whoa, there was one more after Honda. Okay. Suzuki. Yellow. I have to. Shout out Mike Neal. Just because of Mike Neal. <laughs> shout, shout out Mike Neal. Yeah. There's nothing against you. Yeah. You're sitting where Mike's sitting. You said the word. I have to do it. Yeah, if you were here, we'd probably be laughing at his response to that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Miss you, Mike. Miss you, Mike. But you you want to call Mike later? Good. Yeah, let's call him. We'll we call him later. Call him. Sweet. Not right now. We're talking about you. So when did you start there? Actually, last week I started there. As a salesman? As a salesman. So just doing all the preliminary training and learning all the, the product information and things like that. Um, question. Are you going to switch bike colors now that you have KTMs uh, readily available to you? I don't know for sure. I'm still loving my Honda. I have no complaints with it whatsoever. We'll see what happens when... When it's starting to get worn out and it's due for a new one. We'll see. You got to test the product that you're going to sell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically you're right. I don't know. Suzuki. I've been wanting to go back to Suzuki for quite a while. Dude, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. (laughs) No, God, please, no, no. Just kidding. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Are there Suzukis in there still? We don't have any right now. Mm. Mm. You have any we bikes? don't have really any of anything. I mean, we have a couple KTMs. Hell yeah. One Honda, a 2022 450 Honda. No new 250s. Inventory's low right now. So You guys also do boats and side-by-sides? And yeah, yeah. We do anything on-road, off-road, water. Um, you know, a lot of side-by-sides and a lot of... Sleds, too. A lot of snowmobiles. Yeah. yeah. Snow. You guys have any side by sides or four wheelers or anything like that right now? Same thing. Inventory is really, really <coughs> low right now, so boats? we have a lot ordered. Uh, we have a few boats in stock right now, so Good. that's okay. But you excited about it? I am excited about it. I like talking with people. I, uh, I've always like I've always been a people person, and now it's it's going to be fun to sell toys that I have an interest in. So it'll be good. That should be fun. Yeah. Selling stuff you actually like. I feel like it's a pretty good fit for you, Alex. Yeah. Did you be good at it too? Like explaining to someone why they should buy a 2022 yeah. Honda? People skills, and I feel like you could talk. Like about you'd sell a lot me. About that you'd sell stuff. me on it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're awesome. <Yeah. laughs> you sell boats, though. I will be able to here shortly. I'm still, like I said, in all the training stuff right now. whole song <laughs> hold on we gotta let it get going 
boats and KTMs. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down because my dick can float. We sail around the world and go. My intro song was bad. That one was great. <laughs> Did you listen to it? The Nina, the Pita, the Santa Maria. And then some other stuff. So what are you most excited about selling? Dirt bikes. KTMs, sure. duh. What the hell? Rogers, <laughs> it's probably the easiest bike to sell. Some guy walks in and goes, I want a KTM. You say, of course you do. You sell say, it to him. Say, this bike right here is the reigning Gillette champion. <laughs> swept <laughs> Gillette minus swept one moto. Gillette. <laughs> yeah. Other than one moto, he yep. swept Gillette on this bike right here. Yeah. And KTM still won that other moto. It did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It so KTM it swept Gillette. Too. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. KTMs are sweet. Easy, 20, easy sell. 2020 yeah. Supercross bike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited to sell dirt bikes, but it'll be cool to get into the, the off-road, the side-by-side thing. And I've ridden sleds for the last couple of years, too, so snowmobiles will be really cool to sell. Yeah. So that's, I think it'll be good. That's exciting. Um, congratulations. Thanks, man. Um, I think that's all I had before we got to Logan stuff. Cool. You guys got any questions for Alex? Gauge you switching? I'm going to stick with the old YZ252 stroke for a little bit longer. Dang, 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 boom, dang. I'm into noises right now, if you can't yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a good bike, and it's got a few few hours left in her. Oh, yeah. Logan, where are you from? From Rapid City, South Dakota. Oh, hell yeah. Do you want to try to announce him in like Mike Neal does? I can't. Born and raised. 32, right? Number 32. We'll call Mike and see if he'll announce you in. Yeah. Yeah, we should. So you grew up here? Yep. What do your parents do? My parents um, own and operate the Liberty Tax Services in Rapid City. Oh, yeah. They've that's done it. that for 18, 19 years. That's who does my taxes. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. For sure. Cool. I actually worked there this past winter, this past tax season. Did you? Yeah. Well, let's just call you. I know, right? Um, how do you guys get into bikes? Um, got into bikes at an early age, like dirt bikes, right? Yeah. Um, my dad had always ridden, um, along with my uncle too. Um, they've always just kind of been around it, and uh, dad started me off on a PW fifty, um, and we had this little field. Uh, behind our neighborhood, the old Copperfield neighborhood. Um, we had, they had some, I don't know, some like a grass field back there. My dad took his lawnmower out there, like mowed a little circle track and uh, just mowed that thing like all the time, like <laughs> in the evenings on little PW50. And uh, yeah, and uh, kind of took off from there. Had a PW50, went up to the like, liquid cooled junior 50 the pro seniors and then through the 65 through the 85 150 had the 250s and yeah i'm up to the 450 now so pretty much been through every class on the schedule <laughs> you're like the first one whose first bike wasn't a suzuki really well, kind of yeah. yeah everyone else has had suzuki's first bike huh. mine was a pw what was it yep pw50 is your suzuki mine was yellow no I had a Yamaha PW80. Dang. Nice clean room we got here today, yeah. boys. Nice and clean. <laughs> Blue tidy. Crew. Blue crew. Blue baby. crew. That was my first one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice and tidy in here. 
Um. So right now, what do you ride? Even though we already know. I ride a 2021 KTM 450 SXF. <laughs> it also have a 250 SXF too. You like those? So, yeah. I'm Are these your first KTMs? Loving them. No. Besides was, little bikes? Uh, no. Went to so I was BW50, then I was KTM all the way. Oh man! Like what, five, six, seven years. Freaking bleeds orange. Eighty fives, and they were awesome bikes for sure. Um, and I was Honda one fifty. Thing was badass too. And, Those uh, things sound like big bikes. I know they're they bark really incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely hear them for, mm-hmm. before you see them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. they're cool. But when did you start um, racing? Ever since you were a kid? Yeah, first race was when I was four years old. I think it was Belfouche on the on the Pee Wee track on my PW50. And back when they used to do the the bungee cord starts there, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Pee Wee four to six or something. And I think the race itself was like one lap total. <laughs> And I won. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, I actually remember that too. And then I got back in the car in my car seat, slept on the way home. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Like, so. man, this moto stuff's not that hard. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> won my first ever race. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. And just kept at it. Did you do any other sports growing up? Any ball sports? Yeah. Um, mainly um, starting in like fifth grade, played football. Um, fifth grade all the way through senior year high school. And uh, that took up a lot of time in high school, too. Yeah. So, um, was doing that. And, um, racing on the side, too. Like, I don't know. I kind of had my, my phases with dirt bikes. Um, I don't know. Probably around 12 to actually probably around 9 to 12. We were pretty serious about dirt bikes. And then, I don't know, get to high school and get that driver's license, get your own vehicle and just oh, yeah. that independence and, um, doing high school stuff. Um, but, but yeah, it always kept coming back to dirt bikes. Um, kind of just sticks with you in your blood. And just, just for me, it's, it's that, uh, the racing aspect of it is just and the competitive competitiveness of it. And, uh, um, man, it's just, you just enjoy it. So for everyone out there who doesn't know, how old are you now? I'm 23. Shit. <laughs> You're 22, Alex? Yeah. Double shit. I'm 23 in September. No. Oh. Are you having a party? It is my golden birthday, so I don't know, maybe. Wow. Wow. I'll send you some links. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> some links? <laughs> send me your registry, yeah. S- send me the Make Addy. sure you invite him, always. he'll <laughs> never forgive you for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Steve Odlin texted me today and said, what's your address? I need to send you something very important through the mail. And I responded, that's sketchy, Steve. <laughs> but here's my address. <laughs> so maybe it's an invite. Could be. To like a red rooster party. I think it's Steve's birthday's coming up. Well, isn't he having the RV burnout party pretty soon? Yeah, that's the one coming up. RV burnout? That's what they do at his parties, I guess. Is Last few burnouts year. with RVs. <laughs> He jacked his RV up and then started the tires going pretty fast and started lowering it until he got 
I mean, it was a massive burnout. Biggest burnout I've ever seen. <laughs> With a motorhome. With a motorhome. Wow. And kept lowering it and lowering it and lowering it. And there was a pile of rubber <laughs> behind those tires. It was insane. <laughs> Steve cracks me up, man. Dude, I, I like Steve. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting there at, at Gillette, and I noticed that they had a different motorhome from the last time I had saw them at a race. So we brought up the motorhome. He's talking about it, and it's got a gas Ford V10 or something in it. Yeah. And Steve goes, I'm looking at putting a turbo on this thing. <laughs> He's going to turbo his motorhome. Turbo his motorhome? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't that be funny if, like, you can't because motorhome engines sit under it, you know? But, like, would that be funny if, like, there's his motorhome and then, like, a hole cut <laughs> in the front of it? And then just a blower sitting there, <laughs> yeah. like freaking blown motorhome. Probably for the burnout parties is what he wants the turbo for. Probably. Sorry, Logan. Yep. <laughs> yep. What do you do now, Logan? Uh, as far as work? Yeah. I actually just started a new job at Farmer's Insurance. Dude, I have also have Farmer's Insurance. Really? Yeah. Under which agency? Jody. Jody. Emerson. Yeah, we have Jody as well. I just started under Dave Schmidt. Oh yeah, so Dude, yeah. Logan's your guy. Yeah, I've I'm already silly. been handing him money. I just yeah. didn't know it. Yeah. yeah, they do my taxes and my insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still got to get licensed and everything. I literally started this week, so we're still. In What'd the you do before that training process? So I was a, I worked at the Elks Golf Course as a assistant golf pro. I didn't really, I'm not not pro. So you're a golf pro? No. We just worked in the pro pro shop. I so guess. if you're looking for pro lessons, since he's retired, <laughs> you can call or text at any time six zero five three eight one one five nine seven. Text that number, we'll get you free golf lessons. <laughs> yeah. No, what <yeah>. guy? <laughs> no, that was a really cool job. Um, got free golf. Um, played a lot. I live out there as well, so um, could do that. And then, my- how do you get into being a golf pro? I just got got to know know people, man. Like, obviously you golfed. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll get this straight. The word pro is very misleading. (laughs) I guess that's just the title of what we do in the pro shop. Because, like, you know, the golf shop. Is that misleading, too? It's called the pro shop. They both sound cool as shit. Like, there's there's one guy, the main boss, is the golf pro. Okay. He gives all the lessons and uh, maybe another couple of people who are certified. I wasn't certified in that. I just I just worked there in the pro shop. Um, I still talked a lot of golf. Um, sold clubs, sold putters, sold golf bags, clothes, shoes. Um, hmm. So he was there. like the journeyman, and you guys were like the apprentices. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we did that, and. Uh, so the golf pro at the Elks also owns Black Hills Golf Cars, and I was uh, working out there as well. So I was doing double duty, two jobs, um, doing the uh, pickup and delivery of the rental fleet we have out there. A little bit of a little bit of mechanic work, putting lift kits and wheels on golf cars, and um, some pretty cool operation out there. So, but. That's a business all in itself. People tricking out their golf cart. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People go all out with that stuff. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So stereo systems, wheels, and and was the there a lot of broken line. golf carts? Oh yeah, because that yeah. seems to be like the yeah. thing to do is mm-hmm. 
Go see what a golf cart can do or not do. <laughs> or or you'd get your people who like bring their cart in on a trailer and say, Yeah, this hasn't ran in like eight years. Can you can you fix it? I think <laughs> it like, just needs a tune up. Yeah. Carb but clean. Honestly, yeah, there's such like simple motors, like you just clean the carb or put a new carb in it, like it's probably good. Like they're pretty bulletproof. So um but yeah, it was a good time out there. So but figured uh, I got like four and a half years invested in a college degree and uh, figured I should probably find uh, something to put that to use. So <laughs> what's the, what's the college degree? It's uh, finance and accounting. Oh, OK. Bachelor's. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just finished that up in November, actually. So that cut into a lot of dirt bike time. And um, that's what I was doing for the past four and a half years. So that was <laughs> Stayed busy with that, but we finished it, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped on that. <laughs> You're going to school over in uh, Montana too, right? Yep, over in Bozeman, Montana. Yep, and uh, got to spend uh, a couple summers there the past few years and reach race the HCMA series. A couple of them over there, and there's some fast dudes over there. And pretty cool tracks, and uh, um, had a really cool track, like probably 45 minutes away from Bozeman in Wilsaw, Montana. You know that company, uh, MX Track Builders? Yeah. They go in and like build tracks on whatever private. They built that one up there, so it was, like, legit. And nice. It Heard was really cool. Bozeman's just been blowing up, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, growth is just it's just booming around there with business. And um, I think the college itself is, like, 16,000, 17,000. And uh, I don't know. It's smaller than Rapid, like... Size-wise, it's only about 55,000 people, but um, we got celebrities just moving up so there. many um, new businesses, emerging businesses, um, like the food chains, like, I don't know, Chipotle, Panda Express. Um, I don't know, it's just... If you say really Chick-fil-A, I'm coming uncoming. We, we don't have one in Bozeman. Mm. The closest one's in Kalispell, which is like, I don't know, two, three hours away. Logan was a trooper, though, when he was in school. He'd come down for an indoor or, like, an outdoor race. Yeah. And he'd, after the race was done, he'd drive all the way back. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That four, that four GMX series is uh, worth the drive, though. Had a- Man, dude, if they open up the border for Canada mm. and all them Canadians flood in here, there's going to be a freaking hell of a race. Right. Eh? There's a, eh, there's a bunch of them. Hell of a race, eh? You know, yeah. race, eh? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, congrats on your degree. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. And your new job. Thank you. I mean, golf pro sounds pretty cool, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a more of a summer job type deal. Did it last summer and then was doing it this summer. And it's like, yeah, probably should uh, get going here. Put that four <laughs> years towards something, huh? Yeah, probably. Dude, that happens to a lot of people. They'll yeah. go to college for something and then end up doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where's your favorite place to ride? Like, practice? We'll do ride. race and then ride. Oh, Farmingdale, for sure, to ride. Yeah? I'd, I'd love to free ride. Um, bunch of cool jumps out there. It's, it's different every time you go out, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. It is. I mean, you can find something new or, I mean, even just riding across a prairie, really. I mean, it can be fun. It, and, uh, but uh, racing-wise, I would have to say Sweeney Cycle Park, Brush, Colorado. Mm. Brush is awesome. That track is badass. 
either that or or Millville. You been to Brush? Mm-hmm. Many times. Sick. Super sick. How far is it? Six hours. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there in years, but same. I mean, same. But it badass. It's out in the middle of a big ass hay ground pasture, basically. But it's the sandiest. It's like a a happy medium of like sand with like a perfect dirt loam, Mm -hmm. and they they know how to prep it right every time. It's not a open to the public twenty four seven type of track. Like they only have a practice day or a race day. But their Memorial Day race, yep, it's Memorial Memor- Day, right? I, yeah, Memorial Day. That one gets big. Yeah, that um, is a absolutely insanely big race. Pro-Am, I think, uh, I was there on 65s, 85s. They'd have like 700 riders, 600 riders. Yeah, it'd be Jeez. full 40-man gate in every class. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was it was gnarly. The brush oh. is sweet. Mm-hmm. We should try to go back there someday. I know, right? Or just go down for the race and just yeah. hang out. That'd be cool. Um, gnarliest wreck. Um, gnarliest wreck. So, I've broken both of my wrists, but they were two separate incidents, and I actually didn't even wreck during those incidents. I just overjumped one jump, one at the Denver Arena Cross, and one at the uh, Millville Regional. Um, but I don't know the gnarliest wreck. Like I haven't had, I mean, I've had gnarly wrecks, but I haven't gotten super hurt. Like, you're like I feel like you get hurt in the stupidest wrecks, versus like you have a gnarly wreck and like yeah, you're fine. Yeah. But actually, uh, last winter at the indoor there at the Ford GMX at the track with the triple triple section in there, oh, yeah. that was a rough day. <laughs> so. That was probably my roughest day on a dirt bike, like, injury-wise, I think. Um, so the big triple in the middle, I tried it on the 250, and, like, second gear or whatever, cased it, and I had, basically had two black eyes from that, from hitting my face on the <laughs> crossbar pad. And the first motos, overjumped one of the triples, like, had a bad get-off there. And then in the mains, I cased one of the triples and then wrecked again. Boy. <laughs> Those were probably some of the gnarliest ones I've had, really. Mm. That was a tough day for a lot of people, though. It was. Yeah. Where Ezra got hurt. Yeah. There was a lot of crashes on that yep. track. Tegan mm-hmm. Thompson. Tegan Thompson, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like negative 10 degrees in that yeah. building that night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it was the track either. It, the track was like so awesome. Yeah. But I think the weather had something to do with it. Like yeah. That threw people off. I think that threw me off. And I don't know. It was just a weird day and a weird, weird feeling that yeah. day. And I don't know. I think there was only one or two pro riders who didn't crash all day. Yeah, on that track. Yeah, Ryan Peters and yeah, one other Greg probably. Greg, yeah. I think Tegan rate was practice day at Bowman. I think he at least rode practice day. Tegan yeah. did. Is I he riding again? I'm pretty sure because someone poked me and said that's Tegan. In the back of his jersey said Thompson. Yeah, he's got some new. Him and his brother and his dad all got new helmets. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Him and his dad got a rise, and his brother got a 60. Nice. Very cool. Well, Tizer got a 60. Um, last question. Basically, all suspension stuff. <laughs> 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 that is like an infinite world 
like we're entering another dimension in suspension talk right here. Like, I don't know. You can just, it's limitless on what you can do with that stuff. And, um, man, you got a question, Gage? Well, no, I was just going to say one thing that was really interesting to me, we were riding up Farmingdale one day and this guy was throwing some gnarly whips off of about everything that we're hitting out there. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. And afterwards we went to Sickies and had some burgers and, you know, some beers and stuff and sat around and BS'd. And <clears throat> what was really interesting to me is we started talking about Supercross and he was talking about watching people in Supercross and who had what set up and who was a little bit stiff, who was a little bit soft and their setups and how he was not watching Supercross, he was studying it. Yeah. And I remember those days when I used to do that a lot. You know, now I'm getting older, I just kind of enjoy watching the racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't study it near as much, but I could tell he doesn't just watch races. He studies and sees who's got what set up, who's doing what, and the changes they made in between you know, heats and mains and practices and mains. And yeah, it kind of got me re-energized to get back in that mindset again. Yeah. Where I'm so used to just anymore, just watching it where I remember I used to study that stuff and I'd have tapes and I'd rewind and rewatch. And how did that happen? And what happened there? And what, what did he do different? And right. why all of a sudden did he go from a fifth place rider to leading it, you know, mm-hmm. over, you know, I mean, he looked not that good in, he races are qualifying when he comes back and just crushing it in the main. Yeah. What did he do for setup? What, what was different? Um, right. And he's very good at watching that stuff. And I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> he <Yeah>. really <laughs> studies this stuff. It's not just, uh, lazily watching it and just watching the action. He's watching how things react and mm-hmm. it's really neat to hear his perspective on that. So I gained a lot of respect for him just for noticing things that I was like, well, now that you say that, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably just scratching the surface too compared to what those pros are actually going through. The stuff they have access to. Right. I mean, the changes they can make and what they can experiment with and what they can change is just limitless. But that's kind of how, I mean, going to those bigger races in Brush and uh, like Millville, the regionals, like, me or my dad didn't really know until we went there and yeah. saw how fast those kids were going yeah. and what their bikes were doing. Right. Because me and my dad would watch, you know, the super mini class and, like, the dudes out front, like, you could just see their bike suspension and, cha- suspension and chassis-wise was just working better mm-hmm. than the guys in fourth and fifth place. Yeah. You know? So we kind of studied that. And uh, as far as the Supercross guys, I, I totally nerd out and qualifying. Like, I'm watching every <laughs> minute of qualifying with those guys. And uh, it's interesting to compare, like, the um, the big guys, you know, Tomac, Webb, and compare their, their different bikes, too. I mean, so Tomac, he's got – his bike almost looks longer. Mm-hmm. and more, uh, I don't know, sag, or he, he kind of looks softer and longer. Right. So versus, I mean. Like Barsha. Yeah, Barsha's gas gas is like stiff and tall and short and nimble. Yeah. 
and you can just kind of see how those react and then like i would use it to my advantage in like fantasy picks yeah i played the rocky mountain uh league and we just picked top five uh, in those but like if it was a tight um track with lots of traction i mean the ktm's the lightest most nimble it you see how Cooper can cut down in those corners. That's kind of, kind of how he sets his bike up. Mm-hmm. And I think like that has a lot to do, like, manufactured to manufacture. Like, Tomac can't set his bike up like that. It, at least it looks that way to me. Yeah. He can't set his bike up to, like, turn down underneath the ruts like Cooper can. Right. And I think that just varies different, like, hmm. from bike to bike. Like, Kawasaki's over here on this end of, end of the spectrum. KTM's over here, light, nimble, long, and soft. Mm-hmm. Kawasaki would just rip outdoors mm-hmm. for, for like outdoor setup versus KTM, stiffer, lighter, more nimble. Same with gas, gas. They would rip supercross. To me, that's just, that's yeah. just kind of we'll what I see. Daytona. Yep. Daytona, every time. Yeah. I mean, he's Tomac. so good at Daytona because of more his open, more slack. Out. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. Honda somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I was going to say, I think, I think rocks and setup is like the happy medium of mm-hmm. webs, stiff and rocks and, or, uh, Tomax. Soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. He's got like a tall look to it mm-hmm. and, but it just looks plush. Yeah. Like he's not like rock hard, like Barsh is. Right. You ever notice Barsh it just, just yeah. rock hard. Yeah. And part of that's like just bailout stuff like sometimes you over jump stuff and you want that right cushion whereas i think tomac can get away with it i feel like he's just so strong like mm-hmm. he can he can have that small bump compliance that soft suspension there and just muscles way through it yeah but um yeah, yeah it's just interesting like in qualifying you can really see it too because you just watch him doing laps and laps and laps and um see the track conditions too but it's just interesting to um compare and contrast the different brands because i think they are different and they're totally different bikes i mean dirt bike's a dirt bike but yeah i mean just setup wise i I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both bikes so yeah for sure and the faster you go the stiffer you need things but there is a certain point where there's a breaking point on how stiff you need and Mm -hmm. you know one thing that might be fun for one aspect of riding like setting up for arena cross and then going out to the outdoors it's not going to work quite the same. Yeah, exactly. So there's no way, I don't think, to, like, standardize suspension setup, mm-hmm. I think. Like, it's different for everyone. But if you had to standardize, I think manufacturers could probably help out a little bit more on that side of things, like recommending clicker adjustments and sag adjustments for different types of conditions, you know? Mm-hmm. So my theory with all that is um, it de- mostly depends on um, dirt conditions of where you're riding and the speed you're going to be riding at. So mm. if you could somehow figure that onto like a a graph or something. So the softer your conditions are, the stiffer you can get away with on your suspension. Because like the soft dirt, you want – you can – you have that traction mm-hmm. whereas um like the the more dried out the harder pack the the softer you got to go to get that traction back right yeah does that kind of make sense yeah 
So like if it's dry slick, so like at Gillette, for example, if it, it's mostly at, at the end of the day, it gets pretty dry slick in areas. So you yeah. want softer suspension to get your wheels going up and down in your fenders to get and you want to get them back down to the ground to get traction right but mm-hmm. gillette being such a fast track i mean you're going so fast you're compressing that suspension so hard there's just a fine line between um going stiff enough to get the hold up at the speeds mm-hmm. but not going as stiff to where you start losing traction Bouncing does that over make sense yeah. yeah so like that's kind of what i think for outdoors and then indoors it's all about your balance front to back i think and I like to have a quick turning bike in the indoors, so I'll pull up my forks in the triple clamps, run a little bit less sag to get some more weight on the front wheel. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of feel with compression. The, sp- the speeds are pretty low, so you don't need it super stiff. Right. Um, but it's all in that relation to, I guess, dirt, con- dirt conditions and speed, I guess. So there's a pretty fine line there. Writing this down, Chris. You get all this. <laughs> Thank God it's recorded. <laughs> I'm like, I got to remember half of this shit. No, but it all makes sense. It's all spot on. Ask me. Yeah. Do you have like a a basic setting that like if you ever get lost, you go back to, or um, are you just kind of so used to moving everything around that you never really get lost? No. Well, if it's like, I don't know, if I want to like start from scratch. I'll, like, pick a sag number. Generally, it's in, in between 95 and 105. So maybe just try, like, 100 millimeters of sag, and then your fork height that on your triple clamps, just pick, like, a medium in there. And then if you want to start from scratch, clicker-wise, I would just count out your full amount of clickers one way and then go right in the middle of that. So if you have 30 clickers on your compression... Just set it right at 15. Do it the same with your rebound. And, I mean. It's a good starting point. It's a good starting point. Um, but lately I've been, like, writing stuff down, like, where I left off at the last indoor. I felt pretty good on it, so I just wrote everything down. And then I completely change it for, like, outdoors. And then when I want to go back to indoor, I'll just go refer to that setting and then just kind of go off of that. But, yeah. Um, I need to get, like, a whiteboard in my garage. Yeah. yeah, Gillette, and then write it down. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it differs tremendously from indoors to out. I feel like um, suspension and I for mean, sure. There's a lot of people set up. There's a lot of people will just ride what they have and adapt, which works for some people. But you know, you don't know how good you can get it unless you play, and you have to be willing to play with it. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand. And balance, I think, is one of the most important things you can't have. One end weird and the other end working. I mean, it has to be a balance. Yeah. If you make it stiff, you gotta make it stiff front and rear. If you make it soft, you gotta make it soft front and rear. You can't. Yeah. Try to compensate, you know, on on both sides. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And different riders like different things too. Like Aaron yeah. Plessinger, he'll have his pretty much like a chopper, like forks really stiff, back end squatted, mm-hmm. which is a really good. Um, I guess set up for outdoors like charging bumps it's built for speed front end super stable but the downside of that it doesn't turn very tight it just kind of rocks here whereas cooper like in supercross i mean he'll have his you see how kind of stink buggy looks mm-hmm. whereas his 
rear ends a little bit higher than his front, which is allows him to turn really tight. But that's why he sucks in the whoops because he can't like that's the, their biggest his front ends pushed down. Yeah, yeah, he just can't go through the whoops. That's I feel like the biggest battle in Supercross is setting your bike up to turn sharp enough to carry speed in the turns. But if you do that, that completely contradicts the whoop setting. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. That's what James Stewart used to do. Yep. James would just rock hard. Rock hard forks yeah. just so he could fly mm-hmm. with the whoops. Mm-hmm. Dude, I wish I watched things like that. Yeah. <laughs> like you're talking about all this, and I'm like, man, I'm just like, man, he's going fast. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He like he studies this stuff. Like, you know, I remember doing that back in the day, but like I said, now I just watch it for entertainment. But I I understand, you know, when you're watching stuff and you're you're looking at the different setups and what who's doing what was working for who and what conditions, you know. But then again, it's you can't set your bike up for one obstacle on the track. You got to look at what's going to work as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember people at Sturgis when they had that big single table step down. Everyone's setting stuff up super stiff for that one jump. Well, let's well, be up the whole rest of the track. Right. Right. Try to grease that landing, take your abuse, and then it's good for us at track. It's hard to set something up for one obstacle, but dude, I'm gonna clip a section of this and save it. I'm gonna have to just li- re-listen yeah. to it. All right, <laughs> yeah. what did he and say? Then, okay, hard packed, gotta go softer. I'll, I'll make you <laughs> a, a graph here, and uh, we'll try to standardize it, and you we could, maybe could patent it and sell it. Dude, yeah, done. Awesome. Post it up yeah. on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. Instagram. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah, 1999. We'll send you a graph <laughs> along with a Moto Dad calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but at least that's my way of thinking it. It could be completely wrong for other people too. But um, but how I got there, he's like, you just have to be willing to try that stuff. I mean, yeah. next time you go out to like Mike's or are doing motos at a track in Farmingdale, like maybe start from that scratch position, the right right in the middle of the clicks, and then go do like a moto or whatever, and then come back and go like five clicks softer and see if you can feel a difference and then like once you get used to what that does and then pretty soon you'll be able to feel a click or two like pretty right off the bat there so i mean how do you know how do you decide whether you're like you're like okay i want to go in clicks or i want to move my forks yeah so i mean or do you just like based on what you're gonna go race, you kind of move your forks and then adjust with clicks from there? Yeah, I mean, clicks is again. This might be totally different for me. Yeah, yeah it's different for everyone. Is clicks is like a feeling of the bike, mm-hmm. and fork placement is handling on the bike. Yeah. Okay. So think I about see. What, it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Think about it. If your forks are completely flush with the top of the triple clamp there, they're all the way down. Just think it's going down at an angle. So the front end is actually getting taller and the front end is actually getting a little bit more raked out too by the time the front wheel hits the ground. Yeah. Versus if they're going up in the triple clamps, the front end is getting steeper and the front end will turn like sooner which isn't a good thing for outdoors because, I mean, charging bumps, you're going to get head shake. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you get head shake, move your forks down a little bit and get some more weight on that back tire. Or you could even probably do the same thing with sag 
yeah. versus, I mean, indoors. If you wanted to maybe turn sharper, if you're not, if you're just kind of having trouble laying the bike over in the turns, you could either move the forks up in the triple clamps, or you could probably get there by going softer on the compression to let your forks settle but that would affect your handling in other places too. So there's multiple ways to get there. You just kind of got to feel out the different ones. In SAG is big too. Like for indoors, I'd run, I'd only run like 95 SAG and outdoors I'm like 100 to 103 or something like that. So Mm -hmm. people got to remember like moving your forks, two millimeters makes a difference once you get sensitive enough to feel that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, I like how you said move five clicks because most people, when they first start playing with this stuff, if you don't make those big adjustments, you won't notice it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to make those big adjustments and then start fine-tuning from there. So one or two clicks, once you're dialed, makes a big difference. When you're first figuring this stuff out, you got to make those big jumps, four, five, six clicks at a time. And you want to proceed with caution because <laughs> mm-hmm. it could slam down if you speed things up. And I always like say fast and slow instead of hard and soft. Because mm-hmm. you're basically restricting oil flow as you mm-hmm. screw the clickers in, as you bring them out, you're, you're letting it go more through the port instead of through the valving. So it's going to speed things up. Mm-hmm. Whether it's compression or rebound, same thing, it's, it's the speed of the stroke. So if you screw it in, it's going to slow that compression or rebound down. If you're unscrewing, it's going to speed it up. And you don't want to go out there at the same pace that you were going on your last setting until you feel it out and see what it's going to do, how it's going to react and work into it. But definitely, so you can feel the difference and maybe work, you know, just your compression at first then go to rebound then go back to compression. You got to go back and forth trying to keep it balanced. But, you know, some riders like Greg Hermanson likes his, likes his back end pretty dead. It's not mm-hmm. very lively. Ezra liked his stuff very, very active. Um, I'm kind of in between. I'm a little bit more towards Greg's side. When I rode his bike, I didn't feel like I needed to make any changes. It felt really good to me. Whereas their setup is it's too active, and I don't like it. it. Like, things chase me down, and I, I just don't like that feeling. But that comes to where your body position is, you know, the weight of the rider, the speed you're traveling. You want your back tire to stay the ground as much as possible, but yet stay under control. Yeah. And it's it's difficult, too, because, like, you can go the wrong way, too. So say you've got, like, a downhill section, a bunch of braking bumps, and your bike's getting super squirrely. Mm-hmm. It could be one of two things. You could be blowing through the entire stroke and just wallowing out your suspension. You're too soft. Or you could be on the, the stiff side, too, and it, it could ha- be having the same effect. You'd be getting squirrely either way. So that's kind of a difficult part. Yeah. Yeah. diagnose there too so. and everyone's different like where I might be braking coming into some bumps Alex might be coasting and Chris might be over here on the gas yeah doubt Go, it going through the same <laughs> section or you know but depending on where you're at in your skill level and the way that you're charging a, a section you're going to need a different setup than the next guy um, if you're dragging if you're a brake dragger like Michael Cook was really big on dragging the rear brake if it was a gnarly section, it could be a straightaway, downhill, even slightly uphill. And to keep his back end settled, he'd put a little bit of pressure on the rear brake. It really calms down that rear end. Um, 
some people do that, some people don't. So depending on how you attack sections, you're going to need a different suspension setup than someone else. So it's really hard to ask your buddy, what is your bike doing mm-hmm. when you might be attacking it different? Or you might be dragging your brake, the other guy's not. Mm-hmm. You might be on the gas, you might be coasting, or you might be on the brakes. It, it's totally different for everyone. So that's where you just got to play with it and see what works best for you. Yeah. The biggest thing in motocross is knowing what's going to happen as you enter a section before you get there. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree. If you can predict what's going to happen, then you feel comfortable. If you're scared out of your mind, you're not going to be like, let's turn it on some more, mm-hmm. you know? So you want to be able to predict what the bike's going to do before you get to that section. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just trying to digest all this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of information. It is a lot of information really fast. I was yep. waiting for that one. And I'm like thinking about stuff too. I'm like, well, should I do? what's it feel like there? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> well, you know, when you're out practicing, try dragging the brake, see if that works for you. It might work, it might not for your setup or your riding, where you're at on the bike. You know, if you're a more forward rider compared to your more back of the bike rider. You know, it's even hard pack. You know, you tend to ride more of the front of the bike in sand. You're going to be more steering with the rear wheel. Like people are going to Casper this weekend. You don't want to be riding the front of the bike. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You got to steer with, you got to figure out how to steer with the back tire more than the front. And if you try to, get on front of the bike, you're going to bury it and you're going to be end up in the sand. Mm-hmm. Where and if you're on more towards the back of the bike rider and you let that thing carve and you steer with your rear tire, you know, it's going to really save you. Yeah, and setting up a bike too, you got to keep in mind of how the track is going to be too in your next ride. Meaning, like, say, Gillette practice is a track's like perfect, freshly watered, it's yeah. soft. Yeah. And like your bike might be set up soft and feel terrible in practice, but once it gets hard pack and dry slick, then the track's going to come to the bike and it's going to be good. So like, I don't know. Do you ever, do you switch throughout the day ever? Yeah. From like moto one to moto two. Yeah. If it's really bad, a couple of years ago, um, I was on the Honda. I think it was like my second year on the Honda 450 and, I showed up to Gillette, and it was just, my bike was just so off. Like, I couldn't even go full lap, like, without, like, my arms just blowing up with arm pump, you know. And by the end of the day, it was just clicker adjustments, too. I bet I took, like, five, six seconds off the lap time just through clicker adjustments, just going stiffer, stiffer, because Gillette's a high-speed track. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first moto of the day, I was just blowing through the suspension, and it was just everywhere. My front end was head shake, and... Um, so I think I ended up dropping the forks a little bit, getting a little more weight on the rear tire, making the front end a little more stable, and then just going stiffer and stiffer. Yeah. Like compression wise. So Logan kinda kind of hinted on it, but if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with your clickers, get your starting point first. Yeah. Or take your clickers all the way out and count that so you know what your clickers are at right now. Because it's no In case fun. you get lost. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. When you get lost, it sucks. Yeah. Then yeah. you got to find, then you have to play with it. Until it's like it right. forever before you find it again. Yeah. And you're yeah. like constantly questioning it. Yep. You're Even like, well, you it's there, okay, but it wasn't that good. You Even know? when you get there, you're like, well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's starting to piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even uh, sometimes on the like deeper tracks too, you know how your, your rebound screw is underneath your fork. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mud will get up in there. I've had it actually like tighten like two or three clicks too. Just mud, dirt getting jammed in there from riding. So mm. I would check them 
yeah. like pretty often. But a good starting point is right in the middle. And then just to feel it out, I mean, go like four or five clicks at a time, whether stiffer or soft, softer, and um, just to kind of get a feel for it and just see what the bike does. And then when things aren't going right, then you'll have kind of more of an idea of what to do, I guess. At what point do you mess with your high-speed compression? Um, so... Yeah, can someone explain high speed and low speed to me on the back? Okay, <clears throat> so high speed is shock shaft speed, not the speed that you're traveling. So if there's a lot of consecutive bumps and the bike feels like it's tucking going through those, if you take your high speed and turn that knob out, it'll get out of that stink bug feel and it'll raise it up. Um, low speed is more like landing off of jumps because that's not a real high shock shaft speed. So landing off of jumps is a real slow speed in that shock shaft compared to going through. Or going off jumps, too. Yep, compressing off jumps. It's not a real high speed compared to hitting stutter bumps coming into something. So if you've got something where you got a lot of braking bumps, you're coming in, and if things feels like it's high in the back, you can turn that out, and that will make the bike feel like it's tucking more. But if it feels like it's tugboating through that kind of stuff, you can turn that in, and that'll make that back end come back up mm-hmm. and feel. So it's more in motion how the bike feels. If seg set and you like how it feels everywhere, but you come in those sections where you got a lot of consecutive fast hits and it feels like it's tucking too much and then unloading, you can turn that in. If it feels like it's riding too much on the nose and the back end doesn't settle, you can turn that out and it'll set up, settle it back down. So it's more speed of the shaft and not the speed of, that you're traveling. Yeah. When I first got my KTMs, it was the first time I had messed with the, the high speed because I the rear spring was a little bit soft for me. So it was a little bit more squatted than I would like. So I basically just tightened that up about a half a turn, and it basically just brought the rear end up. So it's more of a ride height thing, mm-hmm. yeah. more to do with balance, okay. I feel like. Yeah, in motion as it's squatted. Yeah, okay. but like in that case, I had a soft spring, so I was putting a Band-Aid on it basically and tightening the high-speed compression, which made it feel all right. But if you think about that in the high-speed like acceleration bumps, the stiffer you go, the less your wheel is going to travel. So you're going you're gonna to be losing traction if you get too stiff on that. Sounds like it's bouncing. Yeah, it's just going to bounce sense. off the top of them rather than go, like, get down into them and right. get that traction. So there's a balance there, too. So, mm-hmm. But high speed's mainly ride height. And then if it's deflecting off anything, that's basically low speed. So Shit. <laughs> Logan's the man. It's too much stuff, dude. Yeah, he is. <laughs> too much stuff. He might have fixed my situation. <laughs> That's what Dusty came for, the suspension talk. Yeah. 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 A little stiff right now. I, yeah, in some spots. And I like it for, like, whips and stuff because it'll mm-hmm. bounce my bike up. Mm-hmm. But everything else just feels like dog shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with that, a couple steps stiffer spring that I put on, I was able to back off the high speed and get that better plusher damping while still having that rear end hold up yeah, in the bumps that, so that makes sense yeah and it wasn't it was yeah like suspension jobs are what a couple grand that was like hundred dollar rear spring so it was <laughs> yeah. easy fix so. yeah. <laughs> when you got to remember there is a little bit of crossover when you adjust compression yeah and you adjust rebound there's a slight bit of crossover so as you go stiffer on compression your rebound will have a little bit slower effect also like what ratio would you put like say if you went five clicks on your compression how many uh it's probably like one or two on rebound it's, mm-hmm. it's a slight crossover it's not much like one third mm-hmm 
yeah. quarter. Yeah. Each end and even rebound, too, I would probably compensate to, like, softer. I've been playing with it a little bit mm-hmm. to see if it's the direction I'm thinking it's doing, and it kind of is, so... And a lot of times people think that their forks are the problem. And it's actually the rear shock transferring it to the fork. So you got to keep that in mind too, front and you know, fore and aft. As, you know, if your shock's acting up, you could be pushing everything to the forks, making the forks feel horrible where your forks might be fine, but your shock's acting up. So it's conversing it all to your forks. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel way out of balance with it. I can feel the difference between the back and the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're not working together. Yeah, they're and that's where... against each other. Mm-hmm. Getting it... Balance, balance is huge. Yep. If the balance isn't right, it everything's off. But if your balance is right and your clickers are off, it's still like rideable. Mm-hmm. But balance is huge for me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have the wrong mindset. I'm scared to screw it up. Rather <laughs> than you should be thinking like, okay, I could make this better. But in my mind, I'm like, well, I like it. I don't want to <laughs> screw it up. <laughs> just count, just count, count your clickers, clickers, yeah. Yeah, if you go all the way in and count them back out, because when you go all the way in, it's bottoming out as far as it will shut everything off and make it all go through your valving. Then you back it out and count, you know, if you count it from where you're at all the way in, that's as, you know, stiff as, or as slow as you can make it happen, you know. Um, and sometimes, like, one fork might be, say, 24 clicks and one might be 25 or 26 um, but you always count from zero all the way in and then back out because that's where they're going to both be the same. No, bro, one's 25 clicks, the other one's 150 PSI. <laughs> yeah, on your bike. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, no, not you air guys. Pressure, air pressure, that's your spring rate. Yeah, air pressure is spring rate. Do you dick so. with that a lot? Yeah, I, I kind of found so to compensate with the, uh, Stiffer rear spring, so they recommend 10.7 bar. Mm-hmm. Whatever bar is, it's their unit of measurement. Yeah. It's like 100-something PSI, whatever. Probably but like 170 or something. I, I think it's like 140-ish. So that's stock. Like that. Yeah. Or so, like their, oh. for their stock spring. ten. It's like 10.3 bar or something, but yep. that's for their stock spring rate mm-hmm. on the back. And I've, I don't know, I... 10.7 bars on recommended on mine. I'm usually right around 10.9 or 11 on the 450, and I kind of just leave it there and then fix everything else with oh, clickers. Okay. clickers and fork height. So I found it, I have no complaints on it. Like, um, I mean, it just it feels comfortable right there. So I haven't really messed with it that much. So, but that's the that's the thing. There's just so much adjustment in suspension by the time you get air forks in there. And it's everywhere. And then, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just so it's, it's, it's infinite. Yeah, it's cool how comfortable you are with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of thinking and watching and um, frustration, con- conceptualizing <laughs> it in your head, like what you feel versus what maybe my dad sees. We can compare there yeah. too and um yeah it's interesting but i think it's a it's a pretty big advantage if you can get your bike set up right for certain oh, tracks definitely mm-hmm. you got to feel comfortable too we need there, to have a so. test day yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah i need a better understanding with water yes yep. <laughs> prep test day nice super sick super sick <laughs> buttons i was gone for a while you guys let me have a button Test day. You guys got anything else for Logan? No. I'm good, man. Guess what we're going to do now. 
Static Collective, 32nd, Tire Popper. Screw you, Mike Neal. We're not getting positive this week. Unless you want to do positive. <laughs> Alex, you want to say something positive? No, I'm good. Right. Tire Popper then? Yeah. Are you, tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. My Tire Popper is impatience. I can't stand people who are in such a big rush, either it be in traffic or just walking down a sidewalk. They have to be the first one to that corner or the next one to that red stoplight. I hate it. Boom, 12.8. Oh, shut the whole system down. That was, yeah, that's that was a good one. Basically what I had in mind. So. People that get like all, <laughs> all, like it's one thing if you get cut off real bad or someone runs a stop sign, you know, and almost hits you. But like people that are like mad because you didn't, someone didn't go fast enough at a green light. Yeah. Or that they're stuck in construct. Like how crappy would it be to be that person? That's what I'm that saying. You're just mad about everything like that. Yeah, those, those people... They drive me up a wall, man. Can't take them. Dusty, which which one do you want? What do you mean? Popper or um, you want to do fix a flat? I think one, man. <laughs> fix a flat? Fix a flat. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not trademark. Don't sue me. <laughs> Come back to me. I might, I might think of something. Logan, awesome for it. Which one are you doing? Yeah, we're going to do a tire popper. Hell yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you understand 30 seconds or it doesn't count? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So it's kind of with Alex. Some people freaking drive like a freaking race car driver in this town. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm getting stuffed on Mount Mount Rushmore <laughs> Road and banging bars on Mount Rushmore. Like, chill out, people. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my gosh. That's done. 16 seconds. Perfect. But you're right, though. It seriously <laughs> is just a drag race everywhere. Like, I, I drive really casually really really cautious and then all of a sudden freaking Corolla about takes my front bumper off. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I had a when I was about Logan's age, I had a Dodge Challenger. And when you drive that around everyone wants to race you. And I pulled up to a stoplight and a do, or a Ford Ranger pulling a boat. Like the light turned green and I just hear <laughs> look over this ranger is like fishtailing with his boat trying to race me i'm like okay <laughs> super sick let's go with you chris why because i'm still thinking of mine okay are you gonna run the timer i'll run the timer. don't start it yet i gotta give you the backstory okay so the ford's gone yeah now we have a chevrolet duramax a really nice one by the way thank you um i think it has a boost leak your new one? Yeah. And I say that because when I'm going down the interstate, it's like, um, have you ever heard like when the blower motor in your car is going out and it makes a really high-pitched whine? Yeah. That's what it is, but blower motor's off and I can get it to do it with the pedal, like when it wants boost. Yeah. So I think it has a boost leak. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, I make an appointment with Rapid Chevrolet, mm -hmm. and then that's where my tire popper starts. Got it. Okay. Get ready. Did it lock on you? Yeah, it did. Have to unlock it. Yeah, can't have you looking at this stuff. I'm gonna try to go fast. Okay, ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so I made an appointment for Monday. It was a week and a half out. Um, I dropped my pickup off Sunday night. All day Monday, nobody calls me. Okay, I'm leaving lead for work. Four o'clock. I call him. Hey, dude. Um, is my pickup done? I don't know. Let me go ask him what he found. Drive back. I'll call you back in 10 minutes. Drive all the way back from Lead. No one calls me. I call him when I get back. I say, Tim, that was a long 10 minutes. Is my pickup done? We didn't even get to it. I said, I had an appointment, Tim. We didn't even get to it. I said, is it runnable? 
He goes, yep. So I said, okay, leave it. I'm coming to get it. <laughs> 36 points. Oh, oh, doesn't valid. count. I couldn't not fit it in there. But anyway, valid. finish your story. I was kind of into that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I get when I got back and I called him, they didn't answer. And it took me to Tim. This is at Denny Menhol. I'll call you out. You pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. So I had an appointment, and I had to wait a week and a half for the appointment. And so I call him back. He goes, we didn't even get to it. We had a bunch of tourists come in, and they were stranded, so we didn't get to your pickup. I said, Tim, I'm stranded. I don't have a pickup. You have it. <laughs> yeah. So I said, is it runnable? He goes, yeah. So I said, okay, I'm coming to get it. So I go in there, and Tim's sitting there. And I grab my keys and I'm like, I'm just trying to leave. I don't want to yell at the guy. I'm just want to get away from right. this because I dealt with all this in Gillette. Right. And he, he like starts right on. Well, we were so busy. I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And he said to me four times in the middle of this 10 minute spiel, I'm not trying to make excuses. But then he gives me a list of excuses. Yeah. And I said, Tim, you didn't even call me to tell me you didn't work on it. I said, I'm not mad that you're busy. I'm mad you didn't call me and tell me your pickup's not going to be done. Right. That's all you had to do. He's like, literally, man, it was so busy. I didn't even have a chance to call anyone. I said, that's literally 30 seconds. Yeah. Hey, Chris, we can't get to your pickup. I'm so sorry, man. Yeah. He goes, we got you on the list for tomorrow morning. I said, I'm leaving. I said, I'll see if GMC wants to work on it. Mm -hmm. More excuses. And I said, all you're giving me is excuses, Tim. He goes, okay, well, I'm really sorry. I said, good luck, buddy. And I left. Nice. Pissed good me off. You. Well, frick, dude. <laughs> A week and a half for appointment? You can't even call me to tell me you're not going to work? I had to call him twice to find out they didn't work on my pickup. Yeah, that's that's that a bummer. Me off. Did piss me off. It, I had flashbacks of Gillette. Thunder Thunder Basin. So how did you get back from Gillette? Because the story went, or from what I heard, you were going down the road, didn't get very far, turbo went up. Yep. So you turned around, brought your pickup and camper back to the track? Mm-hmm. And then so that was on Sunday. I had my pickup towed to Ford mm -hmm. in Gillette, and they're not open on Sunday, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we stayed the night, and then um, I was, like, waiting to tell me, yeah, the turbo's out, and see if they had a turbo, because some places have turbos. Yeah. They So, um, yeah, I finally got a hold of them after calling them three times. They never called me. Found out they didn't have a turbo. They don't know when one's going to be there. So my mom eventually came and got us that day because we didn't want to stay any longer. I was running out of water and shit in my camper. Yeah. So left my camper at the track, and then she came and got us, drove back, and then it literally took them two weeks to get a turbo and put it on. Nice. I showed up, picked up my pickup. They charged me for 20 gallons of diesel. I get in it, it says three miles till empty. Oof. For diesel. Rough. I was like, yeah, let's run a diesel out of fuel and let the injectors dry fire for a while. That's good for him. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, 0 for 2 on vehicle dealerships, boys. Wow. Gosh. So we'll see how Granite GMC does. <laughs> that sucks, man. Yeah. That's no Okay, fun. I'm ready. Tire popper. Does mine count? No. No. Well, good on you, Denny Manholt. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, Gage? Yep. You're doing a popper or a fix-a-flat? Popper. Yeah, frick you, Mike Neal. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, people in authoritarian positions that take advantage of their position, whether it be the head of a family, a business, or an organization, you know, using your position, 
to undermine or uh, take advantage of other people. That's a good one. Boom, 14 really seconds. Good one. Boom. It's good. It's a terrible way to lead, too. I know. Well, there's just some stuff that happened that, you know, it's just uh, too bad when people who are ahead of anything take what they're doing and, and use it against uh, the the good of the community or the people and yeah yeah or family right you know, right stuff where the people you depend on that you should be most looking out for and uh you're not being good towards them you know you think the people you love the most you should be taking care of the most yeah definitely that's a good one yeah dusty which one are you doing uh do a fix the flat man <laughs> I'll do a popper. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Take that, Mike Neal. I'll do a popper. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay, this has to do with any construction industry. If it's going to be like 110 degrees out, don't get mad at them for starting super early. Yeah. That's it. That is on point, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very, I, very, I can't very stand true. neighbors that get pissed off that were there at 6 o'clock or 530 trying to yeah. beat the heat. Yeah, that's this time of year. You gotta have a little bit of. That's lights. all you can do. Freaking we're, kill we're only, them dudes yeah, out there. We're only gonna be there for two weeks. You deal with the noise for two weeks. We're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, we're gonna make a phone call real quick and then we'll go. You gonna try Mike? Yeah, we'll see if Mike's up. Good luck. Uh, yeah, he might be up. You should be. He doesn't get up that early. Can you hear all of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The radio station. You should announce him in. <laughs> He's not going to answer. Nah. I'm going to have to cut this whole part. Dang it. Hey, this is Mike. Sorry, Mr. Cole. <laughs> hey, this is Mike, and I'm unable to get to the phone right now. I was close. <laughs> you leave your name and number. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Any message? Yeah, might as well. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. If nothing else, this will be good for next time. We have called you concerning your car's extended warranty. You should have got something in the mail. <laughs> um, screw you, Mike Neal. We all did tire poppers. <laughs> no one wanted to do fix-a-flats. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's Logan. <laughs> Alex is here. Suzuki's suck. <laughs> um, are we good with Mike Neal? I think we're good with Mike Neal. All right, okay, bye, Mike Neal. And bye. that's a wrap on Mike Neal. <laughs> uh, Alex, what'd you learn? I learned that uh, Chris has a sister named Lizzie, mm-hmm. who's a badass cook and uh, gonna have a good bakery here. And I also learned that you should occasionally take out your axle block adjusters and clean them keep them fresh it's a good one i think everyone forgets about those because i'm guilty of it i don't know if i've ever taken those out of my bike to clean them truly i haven't do it it before it's too late dusty what'd you learn oh a lot of stuff about suspension thanks to logan (laughs) (laughs) basically everything (laughs) so that's cool uh logan what'd you learn i learned that Alex is going to be a salesman at Rice's Rapid Motorsports. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. And I learned that podcasts are super fun. 
especially this one. <laughs> this one's cool. Guys, so oh yeah, that's this is awesome. Gage, what'd you learn? Well, I learned Logan's traveled all over and raced a lot of different races, and um, looks like he's had a lot of fun and a lot of success, and no major injuries, even though he had some major crashes. <laughs> um, I learned that I'm scared to death of my suspension now. <laughs> and all the things it does. <laughs> and I learned we're getting discounted KTMs. Yeah. What up? <laughs> Free KTM. Free KTM. We're basically sponsored Let's now. Go. We'll run a little fender sticker if you need us to, but other than that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, thank you to our sponsors, MX Connection, Perfect Structure, 4GMX Indoor, Motocross, Rapid Concrete Solutions for now. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Dead it all in. Static Collective. Precision Excavation. Black Hills Landscape. Logan, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you for having me. I guys. hope you had fun. That was, that was a blast. So, Yeah, a lot of good info. Yeah. We'll catch you guys on 11. Right on. See ya.